good. So I just wanted to make I'm sure. I'm going to make that. you all, all so happy with what I get to talk about this week. I doubt that. You're going to eat those words? I hope so. 11 o'clock comics, episode 115. He doubts me. I pulled something out that is going to appeal to all of us. And I never doubt it. Because I know. No, no, no. no. (laughs) I know mixed in with the stuff that would please me. You're going to go down the road this week, uh, judging from the news. news, You're going to go down the road. road. Oh, I'll go down down several roads. That's exactly why we do it, right, David? Birds. Oh, yeah, Jason. What? Of a short ear. We got all sorts of fun news to talk about. We do. Extra industry happenings. That's, uh, yeah. yeah. No one, no one, no no one replied. I guess it just wasn't funny whenever I tweeted that I'm not even the director of TV in my own house. I saw that. Yeah, I yeah. saw that too. I, I would have. I would have replied to it too late, but I, I saw it Monday. Yeah, uh, David has a knack for replying too late. He does. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hey, it's eleven o'clock comics, and I am Vince B. Hi, Vince. I'm Chris. You are. Hi, Chris. I'm David. What up, y'all? And of course, I am Carrot Man. Oh, <laughs> you're not Carrot Man. No way. You, who are you? Are Jason Wood? Everybody's back together this week. Can you oh, feel it? Oh, I, I, yeah. I, feel, I, feel, I filled in for you last week, Jason, with the, uh, great. the I am. I tried. I tried really hard. You did great. I have to say, it's always a little strange listening to a show that that I'm not a part of when I listen back to it, and. Uh, and uh, you actually did a great job. It was a lot of fun. I was I was giggling quite a bit uh, listening back. So uh, so you did have a good time. Good on you, mates. Yeah. And but I missed you guys, man. It's it, it's been it had been a long time since I hadn't been on the show. It uh, it hurt it hurt me. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll have a, a a voice mailer this week that will uh, be bemoaning your absence. <laughs> nice man. No, we we, we don't have we don't have any. We have all fun and lively and happy and upbeat voicemails. Well, that's good. That'll offset the show. <laughs> there you go, and and this this whole mess that you're listening to is sponsored by a, a discount comic book service. That's DCBService.com. Fire up your web browser, head on over, and behold the Wumba discounts that you can be getting on your favorite funny books and collectibles: thirty-five, forty-five, fifty-five. Yow, all the way up to seventy-five percent off some stuff. Hugely discounts. I love this back and forth. Keep doing that. Um, they you 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 advance order your books from the the preview system as it is, and you know they. Deliver them right to your door at the frequency you determine from a costumed custodian from the United Parcel Service. DCBService.com. They are the best. And it's got, it's just got my order in under the freaking wire. I was like, oh, wow, shit. I beat my order in. Once? Holy shit. Yeah. We've just been informed that if you pre order Ad House Books, Duncan the Wonder Dog, it will come signed. With a, a free book plate type thing. Stop. Ooh. Yes, that's crazy. Now, now that's not in this. It's the one that's coming up. 
It's yes. the one. It's the the pending order yes. form. That's the pen, the one, so yeah, not the one still that I put on. in right. today no, for no. My, my June order. It's the July order. Right. It's the July right. order for September okay. books. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay. very fired up about that because apparently. Chris Chris that Pitzer is is on our form. Apparently, Chris, you have to see it. Have you seen it? I did. It looks awesome. Yeah, oh, it looks so it. good. It's like it's like, a, it's like eight bazillion pages for for a, for, a pittance. Four hundred pages for a pittance. Even small more. Amount. I think it's discounted forty five percent off at Discount yeah, Comic Book Service. That's cool. why they call them Discount Comic Book Service. It's right there in the name. They don't call them half ass discount. They call them discount. Big one, but discount yeah. Comic Book Service. Oh, that should have been. Oh, speaking sorry. Of like deep discounts, and not to cut the sponsor short. But you are. I started looking at the original art at the Torpedo auction. Now, Tor mm -hmm. Torpedo Comics was a oh, mail order. Yeah. House was 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 that the one with the music guy? The the guy was in, yeah, was in yeah. the band. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, he was. Who in, would that be? Uh, what, I think what it was a system of a down maybe or oh system, yeah, okay. I don't he remember. was like the the drummer or something. Um, but Torpedo Comics went out of business and they had this big auction and there was dude they had so much original art in there. I was seeing like bronze and 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 modern age i mean like amazing amazing pages going for like twenty dollars you know stuff yeah. that yeah it was yeah. but the thing is you had to go to las vegas to pick it up yeah bob retail posted on our on our forum uh <sighs> he won a few things he wants some uh some dan brereton fully painted some yeah. pages for you like see the 30, shit that he, he yeah. took home like a thousand plus dollars worth of stuff yeah, but I mean, he was buying pages, beautiful, full, full color pages for like forty, fifty bucks a page, though. He yeah, was, I mean, those, those a lot of damn burnt full, full painted pages. I mean, those yeah. are those are three, four, seven, eight hundred dollar pages yeah. that he was yeah, for, sure. for for nothing. And Burton's uh, great too. I mean, if you're going to uh, buy an original, yeah, and you have a chance I mean, to get a Burton holy mackerel, yeah. yeah. I want to yeah, be Bob's nephew because I can't <laughs> wait for like the the birthday present every year. Yeah, no doubt, must be something special. You know it, yeah. You guys want to knock out the drink roll call here real quick? Yep. Oh, Let's nice. do it. Um, Vince, what are you sipping on? I'm going to make you happy, Mr. Niceman. Ooh, oh, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> I'm drinking Yangling Black and Tan. Oh, yeah. Yep. I need to get, you know, whenever I come out, whenever I come out east, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to pick up some, some Yangling. You can come stay at my house for a little while once it's built. Oh, okay. Oh, when, they, when they break in ground? Yeah. Very soon. Very soon. Nice. Yeah. You're having a house yeah. built? I sure am. When did, how did I miss I this? can't stop talking like that now. You are killing this southern. It fits boy. into what I'm going to talk about this week, though. No, I'm. Uh, I own my original house and the one I bought after I got married. So, uh -huh. my my He's homestead, the original homestead, is only like 40 years old. So, so it is a nice chunk of land. What we're doing is we're leveling it and building a bigger, more suitable residence on that land and selling the old house. And well, you gotta, you gotta build your comic room from the ground up. Dude, when you see it, say it's, I'm a baller. It's it's right over <laughs> where my wife wants. That was her stipulation. She wants a two car garage. Uh -huh. nice. Okay, so my room is above right the, the entire surface area of the garage. Okay, so well picture, that's where the torture porn room is. But where? Well, is hey, the there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so picture a two car garage just for comic books. No, oh, nice. Yeah, uh, David. Climate controlled, of course. I wouldn't have no worry. Okay. Yes, yes, for the carbon you monoxide and detectors. It's, it's got uh, the uh, the last bottle in my fridge, imported from Mexico, of Negra Modelo. Oh, oh I love it. it. Oh, that's nice. nice. 
It's nice. It's nice. Took took Marta Marta out for her birthday. Uh, happy birthday, baby. Happy birthday, um, Marta. Happy birthday, uh, Daniels. Last Oof. night we went to uh, uh, one of our our favorite Mexican joints here in uh, in That's the fun. city and had a bunch of friends out and uh, there were some Negro Medallo. Uh, uh, that how do you say the last part of that? Negro Delo. Modelo. 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 Um, uh, uh, and. Um, <laughs> What I'm sipping on, so we'll let Jason go last this week. Um, I had picked up one of my favorite summer ales, and it is made by Bells. Are you guys familiar with the Bells out east? No. no. Uh, I'm familiar with the Bells, but not the Bells. Bells is <laughs> a brewery. In, uh, in Comstock, Michigan. I, I, it, it falls into the, into the microbrew. Um, class. I mean, it's they they do some really nice craft craft brews. I didn't know if they had started uh, distributing um, be outside of the Midwest. I'm sure they do a little bit, but anyway, I had their Oberon, which is a wonderful, wonderful summertime ale. Uh, it's it's got. Um, um, it's called Oberon. Oberon, yes. Wow, so it's tied into comics. Exactly. Nice. And, uh, and tied into something I'm going to talk about later. Oh, um, New Fourth World? Oh, yes. Christopher, I love you so much. I'm going to bridge the divide that oh. has that has come between us on the show. <laughs> there's, there's really no divide. There's only what we like and what... You our our philosophical, <laughs> our philosophical differences will 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 mesh into one big pile of gooey comic book love tonight. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Um, but this this is a wonderful wonderful um, summertime ale. It's got um, a really nice hint of citrus to it. Um, it's refreshing, but not in in an overly um, fruit inspired or tart way. It's just a really really nice summer ale. So yeah. um, find the the um, uh, bells Oberon if you can. It is. Does it come in a really short can? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no. No, well, that's okay. Uh, Mr. Wood, welcome back, and what are you drinking? Well, well grazie. Uh, so, since I was gone last week, I felt like I had to uh, represent, and for some reason, I felt like making Chris smile this week. So, um, Wow. So, yeah, I don't know why, but... Uh, it's my week. So, y'all knew it was, it was, it was, sooner rather than later this would happen, someone has, has created a Black Lantern drink. So I'm drinking it. it uh, I can't like claim to have created it, but I'm, I mixed one up and uh, and I'm drinking it. Uh, it is uh, one part Quavassier, pasta Quavassier. So I had my wife pass it over to me. Um, two parts hypnotic, Ooh. which uh, it was I for like those that, that we've talked about this in the show way back in the day. I drank it once before, yeah. but it's uh, basically uh, vodka, cognac, and uh, juice, basically. So uh, it's cognac, cognac. Vodka. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, the hypnotics in there really for the flavor. It's pretty much a cognac yeah. drink, but the the flavor, the the fruit, and then the color because you know hypnotics blue, uh, mm-hmm. and then and then the uh, last part is another two parts of uh, Midori melon liqueur. Ooh. Wow! So okay. you mix it up, and it's somewhat of a almost blackish type of a muddy color. So it doesn't look, it, you know, you have to go into it uh-huh. thinking, oh, this is in honor. But it's it's good. It's like a fruity, you know, cognac drink. So it's actually pretty refreshing on a summer day. But it looks like death. So yeah, I think I would drink that. Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's it's a, pretty dope. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a lot. That's a lot of juice and melon and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. Yeah, that's, oh. nice. that's a lot yeah, going course, on. It's on, you know, big thing of ice. You got it. Oh, big, big thing. Yum. Yeah. Yum. Cool. Hey, uh, to start us off, we have some listener email. 
do really I, yeah and i think this will generate some some talk some nice talk okay. on, the, on the subject this comes from our buddy matt burden mr templar, oh, mr. templar. Oh, nice. from the uk he says hey guys i hope you're all well and enjoying your books and booze in equal measure i have a question I know you have been asked before where you get most of your reading done, but I would like to probe a little further. Hmm. Where do you read where you can guarantee the best reading experience? I read Day Tripper in the bath. There, I said it. Collector's mentality be damned. I read that book in the bath on a Sunday morning. There are people having panic attacks right now at the thought of water being close to paper. I know, but, but that's where I like to read that particular book. I read Scalped Volume 5 on holiday last year in one sitting. That doesn't happen for me ever. Either the kids need something or I don't get the time. But now I associate Scalped with sitting in the sun with a beer uninterrupted nice. and thoroughly enjoying that book. I took this almost to the point where I considered saving Scalped Volume 6 to take on the same trip this year to guarantee the same enjoyment. That's cool. I know David reads Essentials in the Backyard. <laughs> In the sun. You took me off guard. In the sun. And the other guys have their man caves. But I just wanted to know if you guys have places you fondly associate with reading particular books or books you always read in the same place. Yes, I'm hopelessly nostalgic and sentimental. Anyway, enjoy recording and thanks for doing what you do. Yours gratefully, Matt Templar. Nice. That is, I, that's a, one of my favorite uh, questions uh, because they say and i don't know who they are but they do say it that our f most f our fondest memories are those tied to the sense of smell they say that the sense of smell is the most vivid in terms of imprinting memories in, 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 in your consciousness no 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 and and i i speaking from my past i remember the smell on those summer days, reading the Eeries and the Creepies and the Marvel Monster magazines on the back of my mother's porch, mother and father's porch, on the, the little lounge thing, the porch furniture thing, you know. I would sit out there during the hot days and just read the Marvel Monster magazines. I can, I can recall exactly the smell of that summer air and the grass cutting and the, the bees buzzing and the shit flying around my head and the, the honeysuckle. Yeah, and and to this day, when I open up like a Tales of the Zombie or Monsters Unleashed, I it, I'm struck with that memory of reading those on the back porch, and I know exactly what it felt like. I can almost feel the breeze and the temperature and the, and just the smell. It's amazing. Yeah, That's how about great. you guys? Yeah, yeah I, I, with me, it's hard now because and, and Marta will will tell you this. Chances are, if I'm home, I've got my head buried in a trade or a single issue or my iPad and I'm reading comics. So, um, pretty much when I'm, when I'm home, I'm, I'm reading comics. Um, but as far as like, you know, places that I really, really enjoy to read comics, I, you know, we've got a sunroom here in the house that, you know, I'll get Georgia, my, my little, my little three-legged pit bull and she'll come up and she'll snuggle up with me in, in this big, uh, oversized blue chair that we have and I'll open up the windows on a, on a nice, you know, spring or summer day and let the wind come through. And, and yeah, it's, there, there's something nice about a lazy weekend day that you can, you know, that you can, you know, curl up and, and, and read comics. So, so for me right now, that, that's where it is. But as a kid, you know, kind of the same thing. I was, you know, I, I'd read comics anywhere, you know, like, you know, third hour algebra, 
I was reading. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, it's amazing the type of things that get imprinted on our on our on our memories. Mm-hmm. Like why we read so many comics, and but Whew. why do some tag themselves quicker? To our right. memories than other. I mean, what right. did I like from out of all the thousands and thousands of comic books I read, I can remember reading the issue of the Comics Journal with the Jim Shooter testimony, that wonderful Don Simpson cover. I can remember exactly where I was, exactly what time of day it was, the temperature, the, mm-hmm. the and then other things like uh, Sandman. I can't tell you where I was, when I was, when I read it, but Ugh. as far as the the Woody and Gravitas, I think Sandman is more important than an issue of the Comics Journal with a Jim Shooter testimony, but yet I remember right. more, more fondly the Comics Journal one. Why? Why Ugh. is that? You've got to let me lead off after we're done with this, because it's going to oh. come right out of this. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have to let me lead off. Uh, it's a great question, by the way, Templar. You demand for that. Um, he is. So, I mean, the simple answer is these days, much like Chris, I, I read whenever I can, wherever I can. So uh, I usually have comics or a trade or two in my in my briefcase. So I read if I'm going to or from work. You know, I'll read uh, uh, sometimes I've got the lunch to just, uh, you know, sit out somewhere and if it's when it's nice out and read or, you know, and, and when I'm at home, I'll read any minute that I could basically s- s- spoil away and do so. But um, but in terms of what he's getting at, I mean, probably the most vivid memory I have of that kind of thing where it really imprints beyond just what it was re- what it was that I was reading is um, my dad and I used to uh, go up to Maine for two weeks every summer and uh, go fishing. And uh, those were the first times I ever pretty much, you know, when you're young, you read every comic you get the second you get it. And, uh, that's what I always did. And, uh, and I, by then I was going to an LCS every Friday and, and getting books and stuff with my dad, uh, taking me. But, but when I knew we were going to Maine, I would just start stockpiling, you know, and, uh, usually built up like a month's worth of books. And it was just torturous then. I mean, it was, you know, to not read, it just was just, you know, it was basically like asking a crack out to give up the pipe. But I just knew that that to have that many comics stacked up when I was going, you know, to this cabin in Maine, and I could just read basically comics from, you know, whatever time we came back and had dinner till, you know, I was ready to go to bed every day for a week straight was just just the joy of that, and and just the whole experience was just probably some of the fondest memories I have as a kid. So, I mean, that's that's when I think of a memory that just spans, you know. The moments of comics, and for some reason, I think that also ties into my uh, my love for Oh Hot Moon, Who's Who, because I just remember devouring all those issues and mm-hmm. just reading over and over and just trying to imprint what all the guys' powers were and who fought who and when. It was just you know very very fond memories of that. So yeah, there are things that are universal, um, despite like, the, the type of comics that that you enjoy, like your your desire just to go to read those comics. I mean, that's something we all can share, right? Mm-hmm. There are there are certain universal truths among comics fans. That's True. one of them. David. But you, David. Don't be quiet. I'm, not, I'm bleeding. You scary. So <laughs> scary. Jesus. That's my close on. The, probably the biggest memory is, uh, or my favorite memory are the times where I would be at my grandparents. Me. And, well, no, this is before I met you. Okay. It's all Italian, though, so it's all good. <laughs> Nothing but guineas all around. So you have the, uh, <laughs> you have, um, um, either, in my grandparents' kitchen, my, my, my grandmother's got the sauce going in the crock pot, or um, I'm in the den, and and uh, and the smells of the house are going through. Not a lot of memories here in this house yet. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm glad I have my deck and I can read my essentials outside. And I, I don't do a lot of reading in bed only because I don't have a nightlight nearby. 
and I have to actually get up to turn the light off if I want to do any reading. So I, I don't do a lot of reading in, in, in the room. Uh, I'll read in the living room. I'll you read. Do a lot of love. Any, uh, there you go. You know, that, the getting ready to write, write, write and check my ass can't cash because, you know, it's five minutes before <laughs> show time tonight. And we, um, it, it's just anywhere, you know, I'll, I'll, I really, I'd love to read at work. I'd, I'd love to be able to read in the car more often than I do. But, um, a lot of my, a lot of my, 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 mem- my favorite memories of reading my comics are, uh, are usually like, like, like Vince associated with smells, but, it's it's when I was younger. I mean, I, I don't. I really don't forget anything I've been reading lately. But I just have a stronger connection, a, a more vibrant memory of of things I've read when I was much younger. Happy times. Yeah, they they, not, they not, imprint on you. Yeah, yeah, not that your current existence is not happy, but there's something about that 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 magic of youth, where I could just sit and read the comic and worry about reading the next one, not worry yes. about. Let me finish this so then I can go take out the garbage. Or right. Exactly. Right. See, exactly. That, that ties into something I'm going to talk about later. Uh, exactly. Amazing. Or the same thing of like, oh, man, i got to read six more issues of this to figure so I don't get spoiled when I go onto the forums. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know? <laughs> yep. uh, it's true. Exactly. It's funny because it's true. That's right. Gentlemen, <laughs> uh, Frank from Boston here. I just wanted to call and comment on uh, Mr. Price's spectacular review on Spider-Man Fever a couple weeks back. Vince, you should be getting this book. You should not wait for the trade. It's spectacular. You want to know what you're missing. I know you got the issue. Shade, The Changing Man, number 22, volume 2. Check that out. Then multiply the color by a million, and that's what you get when you're reading Spider-Man Fever. Anyhow, keep up the good work. Loving the show. Later. Chris, do you want to talk about any kind of news that popped up this week? Ah, we'll, we'll get to we'll that let later, you go first. but this ties in so well with what we've been talking about. Bring it. All right, tie in. Let me just Every write down. Every once in a while, I need a palate cleanser. I need to <laughs> stop reading <laughs> a, nice, a Niceman palate cleanser. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to kill y'all. That'd be um, a porcupine juice. I, I, need to, I need to stop reading, like, uh... Uh, today's comics, uh, the comics that you know that come out now every every week, and kind of try and rediscover that that joy uh, that we were talking about, the stuff that you read whenever you were a kid, and it's you know I find that that recharges my battery as a comic book fan, um, or it, it teaches me valuable lessons that you know what some things weren't as great as as I remember them being, and so it, it sometimes it can help to bring things you know down off of a pedestal, which I think is healthy. But then there's also those times whenever you re- reread stuff, and it's like yeah, it it was awesome. And I had that experience uh, this past week. Um, hop back into the the Wayback Machine to 1982, and uh, um, reminisce with me about a comic that was written by Chris Claremont. It was penciled by Walt Simonson with inks by Terry Austin, uh, lettered by Tom um, Orzakowski. Orzakowski. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, Len Wein was the consulting editor. Wow. And Jim Shooter was the editor in chief. Of course. And I am talking about one of my favorite single issues of all time, my absolute favorite team up issue 
of all time, and without a doubt, my favorite company crossover, <laughs> Uncanny X-Men and the New Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeedy. I had so much fun rereading this this weekend, and uh, um, so there you go, Vince. There's your there's your fourth world um, tie-in. Uh, yep. as as uh, dark side uh unleashed a plan to uh uh to to suck the memories from the x-men uh of their experiences with uh with uh, dark phoenix and then uh and then go around to different parts of the planet and siphon off the uh, the phoenix energy to uh, to create a uh, the ultimate dark ally for him to uh to uh take over the earth create a second apocalypse and uh and then uh and then take over the universe is kind of the the basic plot. But um, the the first thing that that hit me, and I think would hit you guys if you go back and read this thing, is what a badass Walt Simonson is, especially with Terry Austin inks. I, I was blown away by how much did Terry Austin ink him much other than this? Not too much. No, not really. Yeah. I love Terry Austin inks with Walt Simonson. It it's was, not the type of penciler that Terry Austin would normally be paired with. Yeah, it's true too. Yeah. Man, but what a great combination yeah. on those guys. I was, mm. I was, oh, so. It was a great so, one shot, done in one, oh, double, I mean, like, probably double, double size, size at the time. But, I yeah. mean, it wasn't oversized or anything, but it was, it was a nice, thick book. Um, it was, it was great seeing it's a lot of stories. It's like, it's like, characters. yeah. So it's like sixty plus pages of story. Mm-hmm. Cyclops yeah. still a badass. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's still. It's, I love uh, that. It's always. It's uh. It's just one of those rare snapshots when it was true. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, oh, it's also a time when uh, the X Men. It was uh, there were no other X Men comics. There was Uncanny X Men. Wolverine comic. What was? No, no, no. There this was, is pre Wolverine yep. miniseries. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, this is—I mean, the X Men, the X Men were it as far as um, X Men go. For your mutant fix, yeah. For your mutant, you, but wouldn't it be nice they, to they, go back to that? Oh, but they, no. but they had also ascended to be the the hottest property at Marvel. They were, you know, it was only the Uncanny X Men, but they were the number one selling comic at Marvel. And over at DC, you know, some of our newer or younger listeners may not believe this, but it was at a time when the New Teen Titans that was the shit at DC. That was you their betcha. number one selling. Oh, you know, that's a great point because that. you know that is a great point because for all there is, I think a lot of discussion about the quote unquote state of the X Men and how it's no longer the centerpiece of marvel but yet it is still a very expansive line and and it sells well it's it's no longer the top books but they sell well it's it's they're not middling to to low-end books and yet you're right i mean i i no one ever seems to take the titans franchise to task and yet i I know that was one of the first dc books that i got into uh being late to the dc party and then i went back and actually through ebay bought a lot of those old wolfman and perez back issues oh they're great and they're great Yeah, yeah and, you, and yet, yeah, I mean, you have to admit that was a total reaction to what Marvel was doing with the X-Men. absolutely. But oh, it was yeah. the top book, and that was a big book for DC. And yet yeah. now it's it's that that book, or the books, I should say, can't they can't get out of their own way. So since, uh, yeah. since, since Johns left Titans, and yep, it, I was yeah, reading I, I, when uh, like well, was it Beechin, Adam Beechin, and and Johns? They, all, I mean, I I like that stuff. And was it Beechin and then McKeever, or the other way around? Yeah. I forget. Uh, I think it was Beechin and then McKeever. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just it just seems it seems like it's a book that's really really hard to to get a grasp on right now. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, back back in the day, I mean, whenever we were growing up, 
New Teen Titans, the New Teen Titans, um, yep. uh, not Teen Titans, but whenever they revamped it, you know, in, in, you know Raven, when you know Raven comes along and Starfire yes. and yep. Cyborg, Cyborg, I mean that, yeah, it was very, very similar to um, the, was, the the I new. I think X-Men. at one time there were right. actually four Titans books running uh, concurrently. There were there was, really? There, there was, yeah, there you, was you the had Titans. there was Team Titans, Team Titans, Team Titans Titan. Spotlight. Right, and then they wow. had the Baxter Teen Titans. Right. Um. The uh, wow. The, well, yeah. No, they had well the Baxter. Shit, it was Teen, a franchise. The, the Baxter it was um it was the new Teen Titans, and then before Donnie da, Donnie Donna and Terry's wedding, it was Tales of the New Teen Titans, and but that, that, but that that's was the, the reprint. Baxter, right. Well, it wasn't it wasn't a reprint right away because they did the same thing with the Outsiders. It wasn't it wasn't a reprint until after the Judas contract. Then right, it became when it a caught up. Of the, um, then it became a reprint of the New Teen Titans Baxter book. And then at issue 50 of that book, it became the New Titans because there was this whole Greek tie in and they kind of changed people's origins. You're like fucking Rain Man sometimes with this information that you just <laughs> right? out. Like, I, honestly, right? God. And then, and then, and then when people Titans might, they find- might not. They might wonder if they. You would think sometimes hearing David say this stuff that he was one of those guys that has no life outside of comics that he just he does some little no. cave memorizing and rereading stuff. But he actually is a very social dude. He's got a beautiful yeah. wife. Like you would think how he, that that person could be this person. It's it's hard to. But the recollection to kills me. Like he could just. Bing, he brings this stuff up like a human computer. Yeah, and, and, he, right. and how do you do it? I can't even remember what I read last week. <laughs> just got done talking about memories and 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 what what you recall and 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 yeah, but that's are, I mean you're being really specific. I mean well, you know that's data. You're spotting after, the data. After the Titans hunt, you had Team Titans because you had the night. Well, I don't want to spoil anything. You had you had the characters. <laughs> Spoil spoilers. I don't spoil anything that's you know like. 15, 20 years old. You had a <laughs> character from the future. Um, send Spoilers. Spoilers. Guys. And, and <laughs> Puck. And. So it's just... You, did you, you say Puck? Puck. Yes, Puck did. And. I did say Puck. That'd be awesome. That'd have been Puck. a great crossover. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Superman and Puck. You awesome. There's a new fastball special in there somewhere. What was great is that, as 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 Chris was alluding to about kind of making it like the new X Men. You had you had established DC heroes, although they were sidekicks. But but Wolfman and Perez introduced new characters. First issue was their first appearance. Well, the DC Comics Presents was their first appearance. But you had you had a new book featuring new characters. Cyborg was new, Raven was new, Starfire was new. Changeling got a makeover, he got a new name. But for the most part, these were, this was just, and I am so. But they were legacy characters. They were tagged to other. Right. Like the the Doom Patrol and, you know, stuff like that. Well, yeah. And and I, to this day, I am so thankful that George was like, you know what? I got these two books going on. I'm going to step away from the Justice League of America to work on this new project. Yeah. I'm yeah. so glad for that because not his I, finest hour. I don't think I I don't think I would have stuck with the Titans as long as I did if if somebody like Perez wasn't attached to it. Sure. But I mean think think back to, you know, early 1980s, mid 80s. I mean, what how big Marv Wolfman was as a writer? Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, and he's still out there doing it. Um, back to, back to this issue, one of the things that struck me as being very humorous, um, 
but it also um, worked for the story is that there was absolutely no uh, dimension jumping or like spatial anomaly that allowed the two teams to um, to coexist. It it was totally built on the concept that DC and Marvel exist in the same universe. Yeah, that uh, cyborg. Um, um, swinging by a building just kind of offhand says oh there's the building that the X-Men destroyed last week I wonder why we've never run into each other before and it's it's, it's easy but it's it it works it would yeah. never work today and no, that's work why today. I love it that's why I love it so much is that you know what they just uh, okay yeah they've never met before but uh, they exist in the same universe just you know move along move along they've never met before New York is huge New York has plenty of other <laughs> heroes to bump into it's, it's okay that it's been five ten years we haven't bumped into each other it wasn't that long at this point but yeah. I think it was Gar who who said you know this is you know this is you know they have Dark Side and Dark Phoenix it's like this is a big deal maybe we should call in some help like uh, the JLA or the Avengers. Nice, you know, like, right? I was like, "That's awesome." Um, so yeah, absolutely no, uh, no like weird way that they, you know, that they had to had to, you know, jump. It's kind universe. of refreshing though, because yeah. um, how many pages would be spent just explaining how the two oh. teams could possibly be in the same? That was the entire world. miniseries of JLA Avengers was explaining. Yeah. yeah. How they, and using that as a, as a as a as a plot device, what she I love that uh, that miniseries. You know, JLA Avengers yes. is is awesome, but it, it's something about cutting to the chase and saying, you know what? Yeah, they exist, and we're just going to fight Darkseid. I just want to see these two teams get together. I don't I don't need to know. So I'm right. I'm buying it for the show. I don't I don't care about how we get here. Mm-hmm. But JLA Avengers is awesome in the same way that David is awesome with that instant Jeez. recollection of data. Because yes. for someone like Busick to remember all that shit about <laughs> about the two teams. I mean, just remembering all the, the little anecdotes and incidental things with the Avengers is tough. And then you oh. throw the JLA in there and, yeah. and the guy lays it all out. It's with the what was it, the game master, right? Yeah. 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 It's just, uh, the Grandmaster, well, right. And then you've got a guy like like Perez, who a wants to draw every character ever created, and in the and same B, panel, and work, <laughs> yeah, and then works in all of these little Easter eggs of like recreating a JLA cover in a panel, but using all Avengers characters to do it. Yeah, you know, and just that kind of goofy stuff. But uh, you know, the, the, this was this was made um, a couple decades, well, almost th- uh, almost three decades to you know almost. twenty years, um, whatever before that. You know, and you know, I was, you know, thinking about you know just just kind of that era of comics that they were able to able to do this, but um, you know they were going to work on a JLA Avengers not long after this, and I don't I forget where I read this or how accurate it is, but it was this X Men and New Teen Titans crossover that kind of torqued Shooter off, and and. Um, kind of fractured that relationship between yeah. between the companies because he didn't want it to be the new Teen Titans. He wanted it to be uh, the X Men and Legion of Superheroes. Yeah. And oh, DC was like, DC aka was the like, Imperial oh, Guard. No, 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 this is our, this is our <laughs> yeah. number 
one number one selling property. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna match your number one with our number one. So no, we're not going to do the the Legion. That that that's you know once again can't remember where I read it or or even if that's a true recollection. But that's that's kind of well. There were pages. Uh, I think back issue at an interview a while ago. There was um there were pages that Perez had already penciled up and oh, the, the first right. issue's done. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, it, 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 everything had to be redone. Did did you uh do you have the Absolute. issue or no of 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 this crossover? Do you, do you have the issue in your yes. possession or okay? Because mm-hmm. um, it's not it's not super expensive. I, I you know I haven't really seen it at too many conventions, but uh, and and you can eBay it or whatever. You can get this single issue, but it has been collected in the uh, in the first crossover classics collection. Right. And it uh, okay. and that trade also and this reminds me that I have to update the Amazon store. So I'm gonna add this to Chris's selection, but it that that collection includes this crossover, Batman Hulk, and the two Superman slash Spider Man crossovers. Yeah. Hmm. Oh speaking of vivid memories, that first Superman Spider Man, oh Los Andrew. Oh man. Yeah. Los Andrew, yes. Uh, I remember the newsstand where I bought it. I remember what it looked like. I even remember where it was they on the friggin' the shelf. Treasuries at your newsstand? Yeah, yeah. The, wow. the place was. It, it was. It wasn't actually a newsstand. It was a newsstand slash diner slash oh, toba- oh. tobacco thing. Which is so, Vince, uh, Vince's family seek for back of a truck. <laughs> and the, the place. The place was called was called Migsy's. Okay, nice. Migsy. Just oh, not oh, not Migsy's diner. Hook, hook little Migsy with the the book. <clears throat> and a there was a smoke, so pack no, the, there was there was an old old fashioned bar like like serving bar with the big stools bolted to the ground and right next to it in the middle of the store was a, a new uh, like a, a bookshelf with all the new magazines and I looked for Superman Spider Man forever none of right. my regular haunts got it and then Migsy's had it one day and I was like oh That's thank awesome. God that is. I waited I, for that thing forever, and that it paid off. That was one of the rare comics that lived up to the expectations mm-hmm, of Superman right. Spider-Man. You're right. Yeah. Good, that's a good harken back, Chris. And for those that are interested, you can get it for three bucks in near mint condition at my comic shop, and even cheaper. Right. If you want Which, to yeah. Well, I guess it's they not, printed probably printed a, a five million of them. So yeah. Well, there's a right, and then there's a second printing, which is even. I was just cheaper. Said, there's a reprint. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. But I I, I tweeted uh, earlier this week that the source wall is one of my favorite comic book concepts, and the source <laughs> wall the, it's, the the source wall plays um, a, a big role in, in this story, but. I've always I've always loved that concept in uh, in DC and uh, and man Walt Simonson anything on Asgard or uh, <laughs> you must be very right. careful With you must the, you, uh, you can't say Asgard <laughs> you have to say Asgard you have to know where we are I had your back on the pronunciation I, thing yeah, you were right there. that that's one that can be pronounced correctly both ways I've always said Asgard I know it's goofy and it sounds kind of yeah, but queer, you also but used to say Magneto. Magneto. I did say Magneto, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah that's funny. It's, uh, Simonson drew the shit out of this. It was it's, so. It's, yeah. it, it's beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah, now you want. Now see, now here's. You know, you have too many comics when you, when you know you own this issue. And you know it's there somewhere, and you're thinking it might just be easier to buy another copy. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you're right. I'm like, should I just order it again, or should I try and find it? Uh, and, awesome. and Chris, what is the the source wall? What is uh, it? the? It's 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 basically like the um, 
I don't want to call it like the event horizon of the universe, but it's it's the the border of the known universe. No, I mean it, conceptually. What what is the the source wall? Oh, it's made up of all the titans, right? It's no, it's the, it's the, the it's the source wall is the collective unconscious. That's Kirby for you. That's what the source uh, wall is. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. See, you know, I was trying to pull you into my world. I know, I know. You were See, kicking I, and screaming. You didn't want to come. No, if I'm ever going to really dive in and read the fourth world stuff, I need the Vince B annotations. Jack was a Jack was a god walking among men. Yeah. There's no other way to explain it. And how many times has, has Darkseid been like embedded in the source wall? Twice that I know of. <laughs> They keep like throwing him up against the source True. wall. And he just never sticks. Yeah, Darkseid should be dead, dead, dead. So long yeah. ago, but what are you gonna do? That's eh, Darkseid. We we wouldn't have the brilliant. Well, I won't go there. Ooh, I don't want to bring us down. I don't want to bring you us don't. down. No, you oh, don't. <laughs> we're keeping it positive. This let's keep it upbeat, week. right? Yeah. Until you until no, you start would... talking about Wonder Woman, <laughs> it's gonna go right in the Oof. toilet. No, because I'm gonna stay positive about that. Oh, and, so we're not uh, talking about JMS. Good. Okay, so. Damn! <laughs> Have um, you read anything yet? I was waiting to hear what Jason's been reading. No, why? Have you read any of the JMS Wonder Woman yet? Wonder Woman? No. Okay. Well, maybe. <laughs> Did we you, should, how is it, by the way? We should not prejudge. Uh, right? No, I should never. Because we, we never do I, that. You haven't read any Avengers books, but we're going to prejudge shit out of that. I, I read everything that I think is bullshit. Um, uh, I, I will. I will come back to this later. But I read Wonder Woman six hundred today, and I really enjoyed it. Well, why come back to it? Do no, now. because I've been Dude. talking about X Men. So what? You've okay, you've also been it. very low key lately. Go run with it, man. Okay, you're feeling um, it. You're feeling the, the fire. Wonder Woman 600 came out today, and it was a really nice celebration of Wonder Woman as a character, and also a jumping on point. Or um, yeah, you know, for for what for what's gonna for what's gonna come next. There was a great. Um, little Gail Simone story to to kick things off. Um, basically, it got a little a little cheesy. With um, it was uh, it was basically every female uh, hero in the DCU fighting with Wonder Woman. She had called them to help because there were these sirens that uh, um, basically could um, control men, and uh, they were trying to kidnap the president or something. So Wonder Woman called all of the uh, the the women heroes of the DCU and it was basically all of them saying, Oh, isn't she awesome? And then she goes to um, a graduation ceremony uh, after that, which I think uh, apparently in real life, Gail's, uh, uh, Gail's son was just, just graduated from high school. So I think she was writing a little bit of her own life into this. Um, and it was, it was cutesy, but um, there was a great Louis Simonson story in there. Weezy. Uh, Weezy. Tons, uh, tons of beautiful pinups. Uh, my favorite story was uh, the Amanda Connor story, which was about uh, Wonder Woman uh, explaining to Power Girl how to get along with her cat, and it was actually really, really cute. Um, okay, it was really good. I b- was, I believe you. It was it was very Any, cute. anything drawn by Amanda Connor has to be a certain has to have a certain level of. Of of uh, artistic credibility, she's she draws like a motherfucker. I, I it had, love the way it, it had the cute, it had the cute going, but it also had the kind of offbeat humor where they were making fun of manga tentacle porn in the okay. same issue, which was yeah. which 
and then uh, uh, I think after the Wheezy story, then there was a quick little Jeff Johns story, which led into the Don Kramer uh, JMS story, which was the kickoff of the new series, the new outfit, and kind of uh, I don't want to say rebooting the character, but you could definitely. Say it. Definitely reestablishing mm-hmm. the character, and you have to read it to kind of to kind of get the gist of what's going on. Uh, and I do suggest that that you pick it up and and, and take a look at it. Um, I really like what Don Kramer is doing in it. Um, mm-hmm. And hey, you know what? That character has been in like a, a circular sales for a long time. It just can't catch any traction. So I don't. I don't besmirch DC for trying something new with Wonder Woman. I don't know if there's anything that you can do to really get that series going, but doing some sort of a reboot. I mean, we're talking about Wonder Woman and we never talk about Wonder Woman. And the internets are ablaze with Wonder Woman talk right now. I don't know if anyone's actually going to buy it, but at least people are talking about it. Mm -hmm. And and that's a good thing. Now, as far as the the, uh, costume redesign, they probably could have picked somebody better than Jim different than Jim Lee. I don't want to say better than Jim Lee, but right. different than Jim Lee to, to mm-hmm. do a costume redesign because it I mean this sounds bad and I hate slamming on it, but the funniest post I saw was it looked like Wonder Woman had actually gotten dressed up after beating up the bad guys to go out for a cocktail night in nineteen ninety six. It, yeah, it's a little it straight looks, out of the '90s. Yeah, it, it, it looks really dated, and and I think, you know, you, you pick an artist who made his bones in the early and mid '90s, and you know what? That's kind of what you're going to get. Are you going to have right, Robbie right. Field redesign her her costume? <laughs> That'd be cool. That's my boy, dude. That's right. Well, I mean, you want to No, seriously, he tweeted today a similar thing to what you just said, Chris. He tweeted something to the effect of. What's all this talk about Wonder Woman? Is every, they, DC did a great job with it because it's got same thing as you said. You know, every, it's got everybody on the internet talking about Wonder Woman for the first time in how long? So yeah. you know they're doing something right. First time, you know, and so that that's good. But um, I tell you, who I would have loved to have seen take a crack at doing uh, a redesign. You know, if if you, if you're going to try and reestablish your um, your premier female character, you know, what a what a female artists do the the redesign why not you know nicola scott why not amanda well, Connor? she just finished with the book though I mean, well yeah so she had a chance familiar right? with the character yeah, well, well how about I, amy reader hadley believe, believe me no no artist can go into a book and especially one of the trinity and say you know it's like shit not not even you know quietly is going to go into batman and say you know what uh batman needs a redesign it's uh-uh. these days you're probably right i mean it certainly was done i mean perez did it on his team books tons of times all right i mean he, he sometimes for the worst i mean that's a that, that's a tonic outfit he he gave her for a while there was rough yeah but i mean he yeah. could do it i don't think he had to solicit permission to go ahead and do that and lord knows there's been enough spider-man costumes over the years spider-man uh to uh <laughs> you know <laughs> I, was I, was to- I was totally gonna, it's, it's I was totally gonna that up. if right. the internet had existed like they do now back whenever the black costume had oh, first forget come about out. It. Yeah. Oh my god. It, you want to talk about ripping the internet in half for real. Well, I, or, or the that, you know the, or the the Daredevil and Spider-Man armor costumes or oh, I mean there you know there there are lots of bad costumes. I kind of like the Daredevil armor costume. Oh, well, I'm glad you're breaking up, dude. Yeah. 
We do well, not need no. to rehash That's, this. Course, you know, I've, I, it's funny because I, I think out of the four of us, I, I've actually read Wonder Woman for almost the entire time of the show. I, I do get it, and I haven't yes. had any issues ever since Simone um, picked it up, and, and I, I haven't minded it at all. Um, I, I thought her run at the start was really strong, and yeah. I kind of felt like she got away from some of the more comedic, charming aspects of the book, which I thought was going to really make it... To me, in the beginning of her series, it, it read much like the, the 12 issues of Power Girl read with Jimmy and Justin and Amanda, and if it had stayed that way, I think I would have really dug it, um, where she was a little playful, and, and, and yeah. uh, it, it played off the idea that she's not really comfortable being a normal human being. She is sort of aloof and doesn't really know our culture, and I like that, and it kind of got away into a little bit more of a classic, epic, almost... Got a little uh, heavy. Yeah, pretty. It did. Yeah. It did. And again, I, I read it and it was fine, but it just, it was, I guess, never, it was never a book that I disliked enough to bitch about on the show and never one that I liked so much that I wanted to talk about it because I knew that none of you guys yeah. were really into it, so I didn't want to belabor it to the point well, where I was trying to say you really need to read this. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, JMS is one of those guys. Uh, I have loved some of the stuff he's done. I've definitely been to the camp of stuff. Not you know, of, of not liking it. Um, I will say I thank him for the ten pages he gave me for free of Superman. He's can, he's already he saved me an arc or two of trying that out. I don't have to try that. <laughs> See, um, so for so, so for Chris to talk about how if I haven't read, I said JMS in general. I wasn't specifically saying Wonder Woman. So right, yes, right. I read the. Preview. I knew what you meant. Okay, yeah. but I did order uh, Wonder Woman six hundred, uh, and yeah, so he has a chance of keeping me on that one. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not, you know, I you know it, it is really different. And I think that Wonder Woman needs different. We may have talked about it before, and you know, I don't know if there is a real fix for that character beyond maybe I don't know putting Morrison or, or Jeff Johns on Wonder Woman. I think that would get people to to read it, and I I would like to see what what either one of those guys uh, would do with the character. But you know, kind of like my fix now is um, JLA should be her book. You mean like make her the chairwoman? She, yeah, a better choice than Black Canary. Oh, okay. um, JLA should be her book. She's she is a warrior. She's a a leader. Um, why not just make her the centerpiece of the JLA? It, it has, you know, if you want to talk about a Wonder Woman book that that would sell and would establish that character, make her the center point of, of the JLA. But, that, mm-hmm. but that's not a Wonder Woman book that'll sell. That's a JLA book that'll sell. Well, it's a it's a right. book with Wonder Woman in it that will sell. And you can use that to establish the character. I mean, you want to talk about two books that are kind of, I don't, they're not cornerstone books, but they're certainly jewels in the crown of, of DC. JLA and Wonder Woman have been floundering for a long time. And you know, I, I think they kind of, they, they need each other a little bit to kind of reestablish themselves. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the, say, say what you will about the Robinson run. You know, I, you're not going to, you're not going to reestablish JLA with Gorilla Man. Nope. Nope. You know, th- there's some characters that just refuse to connect. With, yeah, uh, with, and, you've and, talked and about not, this all before. You know, with Wonder Woman is just not some not yeah. a character you you've really ever vibed with. And, but I, I mean, uh, not to bring the talk down, but I don't consider Wonder Woman at all. I mean, it's weird. I mean, I consider Wonder Woman about as much as I do Jim uh, Davis's Garfield, like less than zero. You know, well, because that strikes me as weird, though, because I think even as someone a pa- as someone who knew the DC universe more passively and more from cartoons and stuff as a kid, and 
until later years. I mean, I, I always thought of Wonder Woman as a big-time DC character. I mean, I wasn't that familiar with her, her work because I didn't read a lot of DC growing up, but I was always thought of her as... I don't know if I ever bought into the idea that she was part of the quote-unquote Trinity, but I, I certainly yeah. always thought... If you had asked me who's the most important female super you know heroine in DC, I would have said Wonder Woman. I mean, I would oh, I, I think that I think that she's the most important female superheroine, period. I mean, oh. you, 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 who else? Uh, yeah, I was trying to think. Well, who, who would uh, Marvel? That, that's a sad state of affairs for female superheroes. If one, well, I mean, you know you know what what I mean? I'm talking. I'm talking. You know, public consciousness. You walk mm-hmm. on right. the street, and and you you ask any any person on the street, name a female superhero. Wait, ninety nine percent. Yeah, time you're right. I, th- I think that's right. I think the, she, she's the most recognizable female superhero. Yeah. You know what people are going to say, Electra. No, so, I, right. I, I bet you you'd get. Uh, Supergirl would give her a nice fight in the numbers. Uh, yeah, nah, you know, I, th- so, I, nah. think, I think people will will think of will think of Wonder Woman before they think before they think of Supergirl. Yeah, I would, too. and I, I think would that's too. that's a lot to do with Linda Carter and less to do with the comics. Yeah, sure. oh, but, how many how many kids uh, grew up knowing the Hulk because of that TV show or the Batman right, Robin? Because right, of the show. yeah. Uh, when Linda Carter has a really nice uh, introduction. In, uh, uh, you're gonna say, right. "Oh yeah, I, I agree that, with yeah. you." Yeah, she has. <laughs> <laughs> She's still smoking hot. Yeah, what a gorgeous is. woman! Well, yes, gorgeous yeah. woman. Oh. oh yeah. well, speaking of old people, old people that age well. Um, you talking about me? I was just gonna say. Well, I was gonna say Vince <laughs> B, David A. Price, Chris Nathan. Oh, nice, nice man, the boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um, I read an OGN this. Uh, since I was last on the show, that uh, I know at least one of you have read, and I think the other two of you will read it if you haven't already. Uh, and that is the brand spanking new Jonah Hex No Way Back. Ooh. Uh, also Wait by DC Comics, yep. written by Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti, who I'm sure most know are the uh, current writers of the ongoing Jonah Hex book. And artwork by none other than, and the reason for buying the book, Mr. Tony Dezuniga. Dezuniga. Oh. They should make a movie about right this now. character. That would be awesome. Right, right. Um, don't go what? there. Wait, wait. What was, no, what please was don't go snipe? there. <laughs> what was the snipe? No, it wasn't a snipe. Jason, proceed, please. Nice. So, you guys, I assume, are going to read it, but you don't, haven't read it yet, right? I read it. I'm Coming going to in my box, it. man. I should, get it, I should get it uh this weekend or next week. Cool, cool. Me too. Well, I will tell you this. I I, I don't want to give it away um from the cover treatment though you do know that he he meets a a long-lost family member and you do get a history of Hex that you've never gotten before. You oh, learn about nice. Hex's childhood, you learn about his mom and his dad. Um and so long-time Hex fans know that that that's most of his past has somewhat been superfluous because of the format and and not really ever been dealt with, and they deal with it in this book. So um, if you're it, that that was great for me, I, I really enjoyed that. And again, the writing top notch because it's 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 Justin and Jimmy. And I actually heard Jimmy on uh, CGS, uh, and he was talking about this, and he said that uh, although he had nothing, he and Justin had really no input say or any kind of benefit from the the film. Um, he said that what the film did do for them is that um, because. DC was looking to promote the character. He said, without the film being in production, they would have never gotten this OGN made. Uh, and oh, so, he's sur- so that's one good thing. There you go. Yeah. So from that perspective, he he really thought it was great, and obviously, especially because the idea for the book came actually from Tony. They they were they were talking to Tony at a convention a while back, and he had a 
loose idea for the what ended up being this storyline, and then Jimmy and Justin said, "You know what? That's great. How about we write up the script and we see if we can get you to do it?" And and a couple, it took a couple years for my understanding, but it, it finally happened. So um, it was awesome. It's a quick read. It's not that I don't know the page count because I know the page numbers. It's not that big a book though. It's it's probably like no. a ninety to hundred page book. I'd it's, say, right, Chris? It's like it's like any um, like a four it's, issue it's, trade. It's, it's, yeah, it's like a four issue trade. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely worth reading. Uh, we have talked before on the show about the great Filipino artists. Of Represent. Which Tony is way up there, if not at the top. Um, bet. I love Hex. So this book is, is 100% goodness for me. The only thing I will say about it, to be completely fair and honest, is that seeing Tony do a book is awesome. You know, and he's in his late sixties. It's it's awesome to see him do book. So I, I I'm happy to have read it, and and it and his his art in this book is better than a lot of other art that's in a lot of comics today. But being familiar, or I should say, very familiar with with the caliber of Tony's work over his career, mm-hmm. particularly when he was at his peak, it's hard not to notice that this book isn't that. Um, so oh sure I, sure it, it's it's akin to. You know your favorite action movie hero growing up, the guy that? you looked up to. You know, yeah. seeing him—it's like seeing Harrison Ford in the latest Indiana Jones and realizing, you know, the dude's like in his sixties now. A little or, rough. It's a little rough. Right. It's a little it's rough. A little yeah. rough. Clearly, if this wasn't—if this was John Doe, the artist—I think a lot of people, myself included, would have been pretty critical of it. But as I read it, I was just every page appreciative of what it was and not so much what it wasn't. Well, you know, the the the. The draftsmanship may not be there, but the storytelling is exactly correct. Beyond right. rock solid, correct, correct. Yeah, it's and, um, and certainly. And, and again, I'm assuming most of our listeners, because they're brilliant, wonderful people, know that Tony created Hex, so he he knows Hex. I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not something. But, had, uh, had one had one of my favorite favorite pieces of uh, of dialogue recently, and that's when uh, um, Hex finds a uh, a half brother. And I, I hope I'm not giving up too much here. And uh, and the guy, the guy says that he would like to uh, discuss the circumstances surrounding our kinship. Do you remember this, Jason? I do. It's just I'm not even I'm not going to read it off, but it is hilarious, hilarious hex dialogue that he is just it, hex. You never think of him as being funny. He can be a, a funny son of a bitch. Oh, totally. Correctly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, in a black kind of way. Yeah, in a very dark and sarcastic sort of way. But mm. uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I can't uh, wait to get that. It's yeah. Oh it's yeah, good. it was a lot of fun. It's and you know what? <clears throat> While we're on the subject of the Filipino invasion, okay. Today at the comic shop, I was leafing through something. I'm going to buy it in trade, not the single issues. But I finally realized what it is about Kenneth. Kenneth Roquefort's art uh-huh. that that uh, I, why I'm so endeared to it. He could have been one of the Filipino invasion dudes. He there's a real strong uh, Filipino vibe to Kenneth Roquefort's art. I could see that. It's been, uh, in the Velocity miniseries. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it just has that. Uh, this is a cop out, but I don't want to. Oh, is, s- is this the the new um, um, uh, the new Top Cat book? Yes, Velocity yes. miniseries four issues. I'm, I think I, it is. I'm going Ron to get Mars? that tomorrow. Yeah, Ron Mars written, Kenneth Roquefort on Was it good? I didn't get it. I just looked through it because I'm going to... He does not listen to me, does he? No. Uh, Wait, what'd you say? (laughs) But to say it's European-looking, is that's a cop-out. He has that same stylistic verve and the the way he 
moves the line around. It's not pencily. It's not overly inked. It's just very. Hmm. What's the word? I don't know. But it, it's there's a classical. That's the that you have. I know, but I I, I I like instant gratification. There's a classical edge to it. The the, the Rockefeller definitely knows how to render, uh-huh. but he also has a stylistic tendency to do like the Art Deco type or Art Nouveau, little flourishes of, of stylistic things that he incorporates into the drawing. And then the, the Filipino guys did that all the time. Um, I look at the work of, of Alex Nino. I mean, there's this, you're hitting the face with this huge aluminum bat of style. Just bang. It just knocks you on your ass. There's a I lot of that. Whenever you talk about Alex Nino. The master. Yeah. That's good. Uh, it's very f- Filipino-esque. And I was just struck by that today looking at the book. Kenneth Rutherford's great. Hey, 11 o'clock. Is this Ralph? Yeah, I gotta leave Vince B alone. Spawn is like one of the best comic books still being published. McFarlane's art and his writing on those first, like, couple of issues, that's what got me really into that image comic boom. And, like, his Spider-Man is definitive Spider-Man. And as far as last week's, um... Look back, Mike Zeck, all he had to do was create his last time. I'll remember him for the rest of my life. I mean, that was the best Spider-Man story I've ever read. And that's why Torment doesn't really hold up. Art is great, but the writing in that um, Craven's Last Hunt, whoa. Leave this be alone. Spawn rule. Later. I did a... I'm wanting to um, uh, dive into... I, I've decided that I'm a big fan of the Bronze Age. That as much Silver Age as I as I try and read, and, and there is Silver Age stuff that I that I do enjoy. But um, Vince talks about Bronze Age stuff uh, a lot, and I think it's the for for us all, for all four of us, Bronze Age is is probably the foundation that our comic fandom fandom is built on. That's, exactly. You know, we we oh, talk 100%, about it. Hundred percent. Yeah. Sure. It, you know everything that we talked about earlier in the show of you know those memories of growing up and and those comics that you read i mean those are all um you know bronze age or or tail end of the bronze age at least and yeah. uh yeah trying trying to study up a little bit on that and um you know reading about the expansion uh at dc into the into the horror and 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 westerns and and how those those filipino artists came came into the industry and and th- those are all bronze age artists man Fantastic. And another name to research when you're doing your little Bronze Age investigation is Gaspar Saldino. Mm-hmm. Ah. The, the Bronze Age would never have been imp- as impactful as it was without Gaspar's contribution. He did logos. He did uh, font manipulations for their advertising, <laughs> like those spot ads that they used to have yeah. on the maybe a half page where they would uh, pitch the Savage sort of Conan magazine coming yeah. out. And just the text would light your ass on fire. He had yeah, such he- a way. I remember him from Arkham Asylum. The, that uh, was crazy ass. Gaspar you know Saldino. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you uh, all, and you also learned that Steve Gerber was the man, the shit. Yeah, he Steve was Gerber man. was the Alan Moore of the Bronze Age. Yeah, he he really he really was. Right up, he really was in a yeah. lot of ways the Bronze Age. Yeah, he was the heart and soul of it. Completely transformed storytelling. It, it was as if he flicked on a, a flicked a light switch and and illuminated what could possibly be done with comic books. And everybody mm-hmm. said, "Hmm, this is not a kids' medium, is it?" We we could do sure. some pretty sophisticated storytelling. Look what he's doing in Howard the Friggin' Duck or yeah. or Man Thing. Though those were not geared towards children. They no, were very right. sophisticated stories. And 
Wow. And what's funny yeah. is I wonder how many people, myself included, originally didn't read Howard the Duck because I assumed it was a children's book, you know, some silly looking duck. Not, you know, not real. Again, it depends on, because we didn't have the internet back then where you just knew where everything was about before you got it, right? You yeah. just sort of made assumptions about what things were until you. And, and the, the, the you. distribution on the first issue would attest to your feelings because that was very valuable at the time because Marvel didn't even know what was going to come yeah, with Howard yeah, the Duck yeah. and they under, they underprinted it and uh, the fans went wild and they had to, you know, double back. But speaking of Howard the Duck, that was the perfect synthesis of another aspect of comics that was very popular at the time, the undergrounds. Howard is this perfect melding of underground comics and mainstream. It, and it's one of the very few that did that. Uh, one of those singularities that w happened only, you know, every couple decades where you had this, this grassroots underground comic scene where anything was permitted and they, and, uh, drugs, sex, rock and roll, funny animals. I mean, everything was, there, there were no, uh, nothing was verboten in, in the undergrounds. And then you had these main, this mainstream sensibility where it said, you know, okay, we, we are corporations and we have to sell these books and we're marketing them a certain way. And it was very above board. But when Howard came in, it was like these two worlds collided and, mm -hmm totally unique it, it, almost like when marvel pu published comics book with dennis kitchen and they, it was all oh, undergrounds but it was it was published by marvel and it was yep. like it how was many issues four five five issues i think and and i don't think the majority of them were published by marvel i think the first three are marvel and then kitchen sink picked it up after that because uh, there was the reaction to it was i don't think it was That'll very good reaction <laughs> yeah. The yeah yeah but uh, did you get that Dennis Kitchen book that the recently came, came out? out? Yeah. yeah no, I, I mean, I remember it. posting about it on the forum, but no, I failed to uh, pick it up yet. I can't wait for that. Dennis Kitchen. It's another one of those guys that has yeah. a huge impact on my childhood. Just, he uh, needs to be on my bookshelf. That Mark Martin book, whenever that comes oh, out, needs to be on my bookshelf. Right. There's, there's a lot of good stuff coming out from, from creators. that uh, uh, Scott McCloud, if anybody who... What's who Scott McCloud coming out? No, no, I'm saying, if, I, I mean, I have, I have his, his understanding and, and oh, making right. comics books, but I mean, if he were to do a collection or, or do anything beyond an introduction to the Zot collection, um, I'd be right. all over that. Just, you know, even if, um, just, just stay Kevin away from decided the... to keep talking, you know, I'll, I'll read anything that he's got to say. I yeah. just, I eat that stuff up. I, I need it. And then you can, you can regurgitate it. There you go. On, so on you don't command. Have to read it. On command. Jesus Christ. You're scary. You so really sad. scared me. <laughs> you did. All right. What else we got? Still in here from Wood. Yeah, we did. Yeah, you we just, just talked about Jonah Hex, player? Holy you crap. You just did. Holy shit. I thought I was going to be into that you. talking for so long that, yeah, I know. I'm not even nice. drinking it. Well, while there's a lull and everyone's saying what they want to say, let's give a couple shout outs to some of our boys who have some good news that have ha happened in the last few days. That's right. What is that? Well, first and and, and uh, I don't say foremost, but most recently, uh, it's official like a whistle. Uh, Mr. Gabriel Hardman, friend oh, of the show and buddy, is uh, is Marvel's newest exclusive artist. Congrats yeah, to him. Yeah, some congratulations. Big congratulations. Yeah. Well, but congratulations. Um, although I don't believe exclusive and contrary to some rumors, um, he certainly is now getting what seems to be a pretty regular workload, and that is another... <laughs> gent that we have praised recently, Mr. Declan Shalvey, who um, for, for yeah. 28 Days Later fans like Chris, unfortunately he's leaving that, but he's um, he's, he's, the, he's at least for now the Thunderbolts artist. Right. Did you see his crazy. man thing? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I don't want to see Declan's man thing. 
Uh, uh, nice. I do. I want to hug it. it it's uh-huh. gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jumping that's across. Good. You, know, you, you uh, start, talk about a guy that, you know, that's, that's you know, damn you, Marvel, because I've been, you know, right, I, man. I, I love nothing more than beating up on Marvel because. Um, really? I don't never notice. Yeah, because I, be, I have to be the contrarian here. Yeah, but. Um, so, uh, Declan and Gabe, you, you want to talk about two guys that, um, boy, they, they found two really talented guys. And yeah. I, you got to give Marvel props at that. And obviously CB, yeah. I don't know exactly if how he seemingly is the point man for that, but he, he's obviously plays a big role in getting the new artist, but they, they also, I have to, you know, I love, uh, Mahmoud Asrar who mm-hmm. was, uh, on about five for a long time and he's pretty much doing just Marvel stuff now. I mean, I don't think, again, he's not an exclusive um, that. Well he oh okay, so he's not but, he's but he was doing, doing Marvel doing, stuff recently, yeah. And he's doing yeah. the uh, the Shadowland Power Man miniseries. There you go. Uh, okay. yeah, See, yeah, you he's, know, he's doing he's doing the Adam with uh with uh Jeff. With Lemire. But, yep. Well that I was think... the other thing is the although I don't believe it's been officially confirmed the, the Rich Johnston was Rich, right? It was Rich that reported it? Oh, Somebody boy. reported it. That uh, somebody reported on the interwebs that uh, Jeff is either soon to be or officially uh, an exclusive at DC now as well. Good for uh, him. So. Oh, I, I think that I think everyone saw that coming. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And um, but you know, as obviously, I, I've, listeners to the show know that we are uh, huge fans of Jeff as well. So uh, so a lot of good news. Yeah. And, and of course, I'm saving the best for last, and that's huge, huge half tip to my good buddy pal Jeff Loeb for. For his little promotion. Awesome. I can't wait <laughs> yeah. to see what he does with that. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what the fuck that means. Mastermind of TV. It's That's director it director of TV. Does that mean that he has the remote control at the Marvel offices? That's not That's not funny. <laughs> you but made I, a joke and it uh, failed. I can't, I can't. I can't wait to get a TV show called like ESU about Peter Parker and Deb Whitman in college, and, and it's just it's. it's I'd really watch that. I Are you kidding me? Watch the hell out of that. Yes. Uh, but as far as Gabe Hardman goes, mm-hmm. I think it's almost too late. I, I don't see how someone with that kind of talent could walk into the Marvel offices, show their work, and prove that they can handle a book on a monthly basis and not walk out with a two-year exclusive. Right. He's that good. I mean, if I was behind the desk and he showed me, especially like that recent image he put up with the, the Lovecraftian monster and the dinosaurs oh, yeah, biting his, on the tentacles, book, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I'd be like, what do you want to work on and how long do you want to work on it for? You're in. He's astounding. His work is just, it, it's yeah. impeccable. He's like one of the old EC artists. He's that friggin' good. And that's I not insane. hyperbole. It's I not hyperbole. I need to get to the, uh, to the framers because I want to, whenever we talk about him, since I don't have any original art pages by Gabe, I do have the Mr. Monster sketch that he yeah, did. So I want to frame gorgeous. it so when you guys talk about it, I can just look at that. Oh, yeah. My, my, touches, my, yeah. My, my, my Gabriel Hardman. Page is one of my one of my prized art possessions. It is here. I have, one, I have, yeah. one of my absolute favorites. Right. I guess I got to step up because if you, you all do. have Gabriel Hardman pages and I don't, there's something wrong. I, also I have pages, have, sketches, and yeah, it's, yeah. I need, I need pages. I definitely need pages. Yeah, I, I uh, as I did receive another Mister Monster piece, and that was uh, that was sent to me by Mister Kevin Mellon. Nice. Oh. It looks great. So I, I got to. I, I have a couple of Melon sketches. I have a yes, Miss Marvel do. and a Deadpool, and uh, yeah. So we, David, is that the theme now? It's it's shifted from Grendel to Mister. I Monster? noticed that. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, no. Well, as far as um, I think 
images that I'd like framed. Is that what you're going to string it to put on your I'm other one? I would get a Mr. Mar- a Mr. Monster tattoo. I would do it in a second. You know what? Okay. I gotta start thinking about how I'm gonna get. Inked I got up. I, I got an email from Brian. He's, he's, me too. He's, yeah, he's me too. To, uh, he was looking forward to actually coming to New York. Uh, he'll be in he'll be in Baltimore. Not not for tattooing. I, I don't think for tattooing. But he's they gonna be are they gonna be are they gonna be tattooing in back in New York? Wait, wait, wait. You got a message no. from Brian? Yes. Who? Because he he wants Did to. I? He also wants to expand on mine. So he and I are going back with ideas as to what we. Well, can he just emailed me saying he he. He had seen a piece of art that he said uh, he didn't have the cheddar for, but he thought I might, and uh, he sent cool. it my way. I didn't get it. Uh, and then he just mentioned that he missed me on the show last week, so it's nice. That's oh, huh? Well, hey, I'm looking forward to, to getting my ink. So I'm, I'm getting the whole arm done. We're, we're looking forward to you getting ink too, dude. Is, is he awesome. gonna be? Is him, are they gonna be doing that in New York Comic Con? No, no. I think I think if things go well next next New York. Like subsequent, not this one. It was already too late, but the following yeah. they'd be doing. Because Reed, from what I understand, Reed did get in touch with Brian, but um, mm-hmm. I think things were delayed so that Mark, I think Draven is the guy who was the mastermind behind having all the tattooers at C2E2, Sados, Sados. And something happened where Mark couldn't get everything together for New York. So it's not, they're not going to be in New York, but Brian's all set. Brian's like, like, I'll show up in your hotel room and ink you guys if you want to. So oh, awesome. awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, any excuse, I think, to come to New York, he's down for it. But uh, mm-hmm. but they will be set up to go in uh, in Chicago next year. Yeah. Well, I'm... I'm- I'm I'm putting some thought into mine. So awesome. I, I think I think. Have you guys gotten any strange reactions to yours yet? Nope. That's from my mother-in-law. Just because of where it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, if people you've showed. Uh, <laughs> actually, no one. Um, people I showed. No, no one can see my arm. The guy uh, in the restaurant restroom on I eighty one. Can I touch it? Well, I'm presuming you've showed some uh, some of your friends and your family. Yes. Like, yeah. uh, they they. A couple of people that, that have seen it wanted to know what character it was. Um, my brother, because he saw the photo on the blog, he thought it was Venom. Oh, okay. <laughs> so now I'm really. Do- I'm, You're I'm gonna get really- Venom next year. I'm, you know, well, yeah, I'll get Venom. So then everybody will know it's Randall next year. Um, I, I, I have an idea what I guess. Well, I'm already white enough. The uh, I I know what I want to do to expand on. The Grendel Tad. I don't think it's going to be comic related, though. And the Christine Spar. No, I said it's not going to be comic related. Durr. Um That was not listen. That was not nice, Jason. The... Sorry, my bad. I got my sons too often. Later. They're all mean now. They're like at those ages where they're just mean to each other. My bad. I am so I'm so digging a Mr. Monster piece. I now, did deserve though. it though. Yeah, um, by Gilbert. Just lift the Gilbert. Gilbert panel. That'd yeah, be awesome. I have to. The, we we love Gilbert, don't we? We don't talk about Michael T. No, Gilbert enough because he's. Not, I mean, I I was thrilled when I saw him. Uh, he's got an article. I don't know if he has a regular column, but he um he he did some writing in uh, Alter Ego and in, in Thomas's magazine. Yeah, and he all he also does that Mister Monsters. Um, what's it called? That page of horrors that he does for uh, back issue. Doesn't he still do a back issue uh, column? I, I haven't gotten back issue in a few months. Yeah, so, I think he's yeah. always in there. Okay. Yeah. But you know what I did get today? I went back issue uh, quarter box diving at the local shop. Mm-hmm. David's going to love this. Yeah. Well, in addition, I got some Stephen Platt profit. I don't care what See? you say Wait. about Stephen Platt. I love his work. Oh. No? 
David? Uh, <laughs> I don't. I mm, I don't love him. <laughs> I, I won't. I won't say he's. Or he's trying he's to the, pass a stone. No, I, I in, in the <laughs> same know. in the same vein as Rob Liefeld and McFarlane. I won't say that they are like Alex Toth or Kirby, like the comic artists artists. But there's something very appealing about Platt's work to me. Platt Platt never met a line he didn't love he, he his, his eraser refused to touch a page because <laughs> every line he put on that page ended up being inked everything it's the I, it's just he is no well, he is hyper detailed i oh yeah i almost i almost made a comment about um when they on on the forum they they said that uh Juan reap is now doing work for moon knight and and I says that uh, I was going to say something about Stephen Platt changing his name, but I I just <laughs> I, I, oh, I I'm not a because he he did he did do Moon Knight and then yeah and then he did Profit he's he's working in Hollywood now but he um he's there was no denying that he had talent he definitely yeah had talent on the books that 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 I remember flipping through but things more just, more in terms of pinups. Than sequential storytelling. Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, you know, I think like, of Fighting Americans. I think of Stephen Platt, actually. Oh. Oh wow. And I also I got an issue of Samuri, number four. Ooh, there you the, see the, now. The one with the Rise of Magic. Guess who drew this? Hmm. Ed Bennis, inked by Rudy Nebris. Oh my Shit. God! Yeah, it's nuts what you can find for a quarter. I got uh, right. a copy of Dolan Creature by Rick Remender. Oh, I love okay. that series. That's a great series. Dark One, Animal Mystic, Water Wars number uh -huh. oh one. My God. Oh, I love Dark One. If, if there was ever a dude that came out of the um, Von Bodie school of, of cartooning, it's it's Dark One. I love this shit. But anyway. You say his name every week, don't you? I do. I do. I love Von <laughs> Bodie. David, get this. And I know, David, you guys will appreciate this, but David especially. Splitting Image number two. Oh, Completely drawn by Don Simpson. The entire issue is drawn by Don Simpson, and it's it's a uh, it's uh, based on an idea by Liefeld and Simpson. Story art lettering by Don Simpson. It's a parody, a pastiche of not only the Im image creators themselves, but their characters. Like um, Todd McFarlane is called um, what's his name? God McFarthing. <laughs> <laughs> Liefeld is Brat Lifeguard. Nice. It, it, uh, Eric Larson refuses to be named. He has he has a, a circ, uh, an orb for a head, and there's no face on it. Um, even uh, Dale Keown's in here, but his name is what the hell is it? They just said it. Yale Yale Neon. It's is nuts. He, is he drawn like cousin it? I mean, did you oh, see his face is huge. Yes, his face is huge. No, oh. you see his eyes. Okay. But and they just make fun of image comics and the lateness of the comics and the the style. A lot of these <laughs> that's, pages. That's when, is, when is Image United ship number three shipping? Oh, I don't know. This but, but, but this was this was released in '93, and already they're busting their balls about <laughs> J Jim Lee producing an issue a year, and and just you know the whole. I don't think it wouldn't be as bad as if they finished fucking series before they started the announcement of of the next series. Oh, Youngblood's not finished yet, but here comes Brigade, yeah. Blood Strike, 
But I mean, it's it's a lot of number one issue out there. It's a lot of self-deprecating humor. Like Todd's uh, book is the here Spawn is called Spasm. Spasm (laughs) is about an anguished hero hobbled by lousy anatomy. But but here's an update: I plan to hire every British writer I can to lend some substance to this book since I'm such a dink. And there's a lot of truth in that. There really is a lot of truth in that. But anyway, the the kicker of this book is the very last page. Busting into the image universe are three comic characters, and they 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 credit them on the page: Megaton Man, trademark and copyright Don Simpson, Captain Everything, trademark and copyright Jim Valentino, and the last one was the one that perked my. I mean, I love uh, Megaton Man, but the last one, Mister Spook by Larry Martyr. And I'm looking, uh, nice. I'm looking at, I'm looking at the page, right? And Megaton Man and Captain Everything are busting through the wall, and Megaton Man saying "woo" as he usually does. And I'm looking, and I cannot find Mr. Spook. I'm studying this page. Where the hell is Mr. Spook? This little tiny mark on Megaton Man's head. It's Miss, it's Mr. Spook holding the fork, and you can barely see it. I mean, he's got the sweat. Uh, uh, Megaton Man has the sweat coming off his head, and right on the tip of his of his head is is mr spook it's awesome but there's another name that we don't mention enough in don simpson he he's just incredible megaton man is like one of my all-time favorite comic series and i never i never bring it up yeah never read it it. oh Oh, you you need to investigate megaton man woo i love his part parody part it, it it's like mad magazine meets um superheroes it's 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 insane it really yarn man uh, oh my god! It, it it's a parody of of X Men comics and just a fun, over the top, extremely exaggerated. Like if you've seen Megaton Man, his anatomy is grossly it's so exaggerated. Out yeah, his waist is about two inches wide, yeah. and his 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 chest maybe you know two feet. He's huge. But I had a good day d- diving in the in the quarter that minutes today. Awesome. That is a That's great, great day yeah. for a quarter. Can't beat it. Nice. But you know what I want to talk about, don't you? Oh no! You know hey, what you I want to talk about. Do we have a new forum banner? We do. We do. Uh, oh yeah. No, call. <laughs> please don't break my heart, Jason. I I do love you so much. And of all the nights for him to come back, if there was ever anything I know, right? after reading this this book, if there was ever a book that you need to continue with the series, no, I gather that. Yeah, I'm I, gonna, this hey, is Jason. I, we can switch over to the other Skype channel and go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure no, you, you guys. I, I, I would. I want to hear him talk about it because number one, this is a book where you can see that it's tailor made for Vince, and two, oh, yes. uh, regardless of our views on it, there are I'm sure a much larger majority of people that listen to the show that adore the book that's about to be discussed versus yes. those that really don't. So, yeah, I'm sure you guys have at least at one time in your life experienced a, a bone shaking, teeth rattling surge of adrenaline that is the power cord you, you've gone to concerts right you've you've heard yes. in your face power chords that forceful statement of intent that that just like it, it shatters what was and and it's a signpost of what's to come it's like it's a it's a dog pissing in a corner a statement of intent this metallic ko to the side of the head that was what scott pilgrim was to me it's, wow. it's it's strong. I mean, this thing has a lifeblood. It's a it, there's a pulse to it. it. It's it's like Dr. Frankenstein said. It's alive and it's and and it's far stronger than that 
I, I love corporate comics, but there is not the they do not have the 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 pulse that Scott Pilgrim has. There's a truth to this book that oh, you yeah. do that you do not find in 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 work made for higher books. I mean, it, it everything about the series crystallizes that original punk that young loud and snotty live fast die young aesthetic i mean from from the manner by which that the narrative was executed those those short fast food like chapters i mean they're they're all done in this fluid um immediate brush style that's the thing that really enamored me to the work is he uses a brush for everything uh, oh, I mean, Vince, that, that was one of my biggest d- disappointments in comics is that I didn't fall in love with Scott Pilgrim. It's everything that I that I should really latch on to and love about comics. And I was like, yeah. when I wasn't, you know, blown, and I didn't hate it, but when I wasn't blown away by it, I was disappointed. And part of that, I think, is that it's a series that is so, um, so loved by so many people and therefore it really gets hyped up i was kind of expecting it to be this thing that it couldn't live up to see Mm -hmm. i after reading all five volumes Mm -hmm. i was amazed that the hype actually undersells the book okay well i mean yeah i I was i was astonished but but it's you it is you get excited and and that's the thing it mm-hmm. even even the way the 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 five individual books are are, are presented well let's make it six because the, the next one's coming out soon it's six volumes no more no less i mean this was not a series that was designed to endure in in perpetuity like like a mainstream superhero title it wasn't designed to last forever and that's the whole thing about scott pilgrim it's that white hot magnesium burn of youth the whole thing just screams youth we are young we don't care what you think we can devote the majority of our time to insane uh musings about what band is better than another band and what girl am i going to go out with next week and should i cut my hair should i wear these jeans uh, what does she think of me? I mean, these the characters in this series, their 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 lives are filled with minutia because they can, because they have the opportunity to do that. They're young; they don't have to think about mortgage payments or who's going to pick the children up at school or you know, I I have a doctor's appointment today. I got to take off work. They don't. That stuff is not cluttering their minds. They're, they're just living for the moment, and then that's what youth is all about, right? Mm-hmm. I remember this time, and that's what I, I remember Jason saying that he he kind of felt old after reading the first volume. I had the exact same, the exact opposite reaction. I remember this time. Again. Yeah, I, I remember being in a band and worrying about how to organize the songs. For <laughs> maybe the, maybe it's that that Jason and I are just past that point to the point mm-hmm. where we read this and it makes us feel old instead of being nostalgic for those times it makes us realize that they're that they're gone <laughs> yeah and, and th- th- it was a, it was a way yeah, well, back machine right and we talk about for me. for me it's also i i thought people like that kind of douchey when i was a kid <laughs> you you would not have liked me then. <laughs> no, I, hey, I, I, it, that's probably true. I, I always say that about my fa- my father and I would have been mortal enemies if we grew up together. I mean, yeah. I just uh, you know, I'm not saying but, you're like my father, fans. I'm just saying that's okay. <laughs> that, uh, that that one one's out. relationships are often dictated by when you become mm-hmm. associated with a person too. Right. I mean, you know, I wouldn't have been but, with my wife if we met ten years before either. Don't you, know? don't you remember the days where? 
you would come home from school and and the only thing that concerned you was getting to the the newsstand or the comic shop to get that that new issue of of something or or getting to the record store because this band you like was going to release an album that day i mean that that is the thing that drives these characters scott pilgrim doesn't for uh, two or three volumes he doesn't even have a job i mean his his days are spent thinking about right he 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 doesn't have a job so he doesn't have an income so he shares uh uh, an apartment with Wallace Wells, his gay roommate, who's really cool. I like. I think he's one of my favorite characters in the in the series. But so so he doesn't have that those um, grown up in quotes thoughts making cobwebs in his head. He just lives for today, and that's why a lot of Scott Pilgrim reminds me of early Love and Rockets. Like the, the Hernandez brothers, Jaime in particular. They've they tapped into something very much like O'Malley has, and it's just that it just this this work speaks to the youth. It, it speaks of of being young and alive, and I just it just grabbed me, and it, it resonated with me. I love it. When we read comics, how many really novel ideas do you expect? In, 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 fewer, in any, in any, all the time. Re, that's what I'm saying. And the first volume of Scott Pilgrim alone with the band name, We Are Bob-omb, that is brilliant. And it just, if you take nothing away from this series, if bob is the only thing that, that sticks with you, it's going to stick with you forever because that's, that's really smart. I mean, it, it takes the the whole music aspect of of adolescence with, you know, like the the worshiping bands and the whole video game um, aesthetic, and it just combined. I I read that and I said, this has was written for me. Okay. No. Sweet. Sweet. That's, no, I mean, I, I mean that's not all. I mean, it, it, heart, dude. I am I am happy for you. Yeah. In the first volume alone, you get the bob bomb. My heart's beating. You get that subspace shortcut thing that that Ramona does. You know when she, when she couriers her packages, she she skates through Scott Pilgrim's dreams. Nuts. I mean, and and when you when you look at how O'Malley has constructed the series, it's a video game. I mean, Scott Pilgrim. The whole point of the series is Scott Pilgrim has to defeat Ramona's evil. Exes, and I don't want to say ex-boyfriend. Each, each, each right. book, he's basically Mega Man, each, each, has, and has he's, a level boss. He's got to go through boss battles. Yeah, and, yeah, and each one's a level boss. Metaphorically, though, isn't that what life's about? We all got to level up. I mean, there's a time for 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 beating the minions and and exploring the levels, and then there's a time where you got to level up. You got to go go head to head against the boss, and and you got to ascend. That that's what Scott Pilgrim is about. It's about his past this increasing array of characters from his past i mean and and what is your past it, it's the passage of time he's aging he's i don't want to say maturing but he's developing as a person and he's leaving that youth behind for this girl he, he i love the panel where um he says something to her that really strikes a chord and he gets plus 999 experience and he goes yes you know he's like yeah i'm 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 becoming a a person you know and uh and that's a, another thing with with the whole video game uh themes that run through it the 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 meters when when Scott's thirsty and he and the little thirst meter pops up and it's very high and then he another meter comes up and it's the cash meter and it's very low so he can't get anything to drink you know and and there's one panel where he's peeing and there's a meter on that that pops up of pee 
that shows you how much he's pee and then it drops as he pees that's just, that's awesome <laughs> and it's so simple you know it takes takes the the language of video games and inserts it into this narrative that's based on video games it's it's a complete package i, I why did it take me so friggin' long to read this? I wanted. I said to Julian, "I need it's to my, punch." Yeah, it's my stray bullets moment. I need to punch myself in the face for letting this go. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you really. I, I would like to convey to you what this series at this moment means to me, and I can't do it because I'm stunned that it's so good. And it's something that, as you said, it's it's been embraced by a lot of people. And usually when something is embraced like that, it's more often than not crap because to please that many people, you have to speak to a common denominator. You have to speak mm -hmm. to the, the average person. And this is smart. It's funny. It Graphically, it's stunning. I, and again, I, I maybe it's just wood, not Wood's cuppa, but I, I thought the visuals were amazingly well done. Because they're so immediate, mm. it's 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 all brushwork and and very stylized characters and and there's there's very little noodling. I mean, he puts the lines down that have to be there, and he doesn't worry about anything else. And and that's impressive that that he has the confidence to do that at this point in his life. No, that's cool. Well, right. I mean, no, I mean, I I I I think it's awesome that you enjoyed it, but I what I I think I've kind of said my piece on it. I don't want to regurgitate okay. my, my views on it. Right? It's it's like I said. Another, it's not a book that I don't. I don't. Pl I. I definitely plan on sometime reading more of it, um, especially because it does seem that it does evolve as the as the storyline oh, goes on. Wait. So, and, um, and and his his style becomes a little more refined around volume three into four. Uh, I get a real strong Mark Hempel kind of vibe from it. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, the, the early books, one especially, but part of two, it's, he, kind of gritty with, with the line, but he, he seems to have found a nice, comfortable place. And it's weird because I've, I've, enjoying this as much as I have, I've researched his older work. And as the series progresses, the older, the, the more recent volumes seem to resemble his older work. Like he did a story with Jen Van Meter. That looks a lot like the style of, of the drawing. Looks a lot like his stuff in the later volumes, whereas in the first couple, they were very gritty and they didn't look at all like, like what he does in, in the, as far as the line quality in the later books. But I mean, there's mysteries in this. You, what the hell is going on with Ramona's gr glowing head? And, and you get the whole mystery with Gideon and who he is and w what he means to Ramona and what's he, what's going to happen with Scott and, and, uh, the the main thing that really set me ablaze was the fact that the characters are self-aware. They know that they're characters in a work of fiction. Because Scott Pilgrim especially will say, you know, that doesn't happen until the next volume. Or I hope this ends by, by the, I hope this comes to an end by this volume. Or, you know what I mean? They know that they're characters. That is so very cool to me. That it's it's a little thing and uh it doesn't when you think about it, it doesn't really take all that much to insert into a story but it opens it wide up for me and it's just that's like O'Malley reaching through the pages and giving me a hug and saying it's okay this is cool you can read this it's fun <laughs> it, it 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 does not take itself seriously it's it's at times lighthearted at times there there are really heartbreaking moments of it but they're few and far between i mean it just exists like he said in an interview I read on, on Comics Comics, O'Malley created this to please his friends. He didn't 
do this to make a mega selling series or or to become famous. He, he did this to make his friends happy. And you can mm-hmm. you can totally see that in the in the in the story. It's just about good times and uh another I can rattle things I I enjoyed about this forever. Uh it's weird because comic fans need the payoff. What we know as comic fans seem to need that payoff. And and a lot of Scott Pilgrim is anticlimactic. We don't even see a lot of the fights. I mean, when when Scott Pilgrim is fighting the minions, like not the bosses, but the the underlings, like the robots or something, we don't even see the beatdown. We see the fight starting, and then it switches to like say Kim or Ramona or or Knives talking to someone else and something going on with them, and then we go back to Scott Pilgrim, and the robot has no head. Like he he beat the shit out of it, and we never see that. And it's explained as well, he's Scott Pilgrim. Where did he get so powerful? How can he fight so well? Like, we don't know, but we don't have to know. It doesn't matter because we're learning more about the other characters while the battle's going on. We know Scott Pilgrim's going to win because there's another volume right. coming out. Yeah. This is <laughs> awesome. I, I love it. I just, I want to eat it. I, I would get, you know, it, it, it's fantastic. And I think the covers don't do justice to the, the interiors. The covers are not very good. But, but once you open it up, oh. It's gold. It, it's it's like my generation for the aughts. I know I know David loves when I say the aughts. It's it's this is who we are. If you don't like it, fuck you. I love Scott Pilgrim. I'm stupid for waiting this long. <laughs> there you go. That's all I gotta say on it. I can say more, but let's move on. <laughs> I don't want to over, overstay my freaking welcome. I'll get accused of it. I, I, I say. I mean, after hearing all three of you talk about it at various points, I. I'm going to wait till the last book is out, but, but I, I am looking more forward to reading it now than I was before we started this show. I'm looking for, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to continue to read it because I was like, eh, okay. Doesn't, that didn't grab me, but I am looking forward to the movie. Oh yeah. That trailer is great. And that's probably one thing that I'm, but I, then again, I, I was looking forward to the last airbender. Uh, oh, the, see, I wasn't uh, because I, I really liked the cartoon. And and once I saw the trailer, I was like, "Nah, I'm gonna stay away from that." Yeah. Apparently, everyone else is going to as well. Yeah, never, never. I think M. Light is dead after this movie. Sad to say, because I do think the guy has skills, but yeah, he does. I, I, th- I think he's gone. Yeah, but if anyone from Oni is listening, please do the work a solid and publish a compendium like the Bone. The Bone One Volume Compendium. They need oh, sure to do that will. for Scott Pilgrim. They need to put this sure. out in a hardcover volume, one volume. Get it out there, and I will buy it. I'll buy two of them and give one to Jason for Christmas. Aww. Well, I was going to say go. the only, the, the most likely way I'll actually end up reading the rest of it will be because I'm so addicted to one other one of Dap's favorite terms, shelf porn. That if they do put out a hardcover of all six volumes in one, I will buy that. Oh, you're gonna love it. I, I know you. I know you, you have a very discerning eye. You know quality when you see it. You're a player. You, you keep keep reading Scott Pilgrim, and there will be a time when the magic will will tickle your it's balls. Possible. And you'll be, you'll be I, all I, over it. To me, like I said the last time I, when I talked about it, 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 the story was what it was, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all that different than what I expected it to be. But I was really nonplussed by the art, like majorly so, it. and it really surprised yeah. me because I just it seems like the guy gets praised, and I I don't quite get that, but. The I I he's also art, a Canadian, isn't he? That's yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, he is. is he, it's a plus. The, the the art I don't think is going to bother me. I love Canadians for uh, 
the art's not going to bother me too much. It's not going to put me off from from reading it. It's and I I remember picking up EGM, Electronic Game Monthly, every month, or Game Pro for for, for the cheat codes and and. See, I you're in. Played you're the in. Hell out of Super NES, and I had a Game Gear, and and even the old NES, and I fell out of video games probably right before they became CD based. But uh, yeah, but a lot of Scott Pilgrim is is right. I know the eight bit. Yeah. Right. So I'm um, I'm sure there'll be some recall with me in that regard. Um, the music, I I don't know where I'll on that but i mean i just i don't want to i'm i'm not going to just shrug or, or dismiss something without giving it a shot i i you know, everybody else talking about i mean i'm i'm hesitant to i just i know that those that love it absolutely love it i don't know anybody yeah. that's like yeah i read scott pilgrim i like it it's it's like oh my god it's the greatest thing since i ever. know it's like like sugar to buddy the elf and oh, oh my god i love it it's, i love it love that's what it is so they, it, they just <laughs> I'm, I'm i i just don't want to get caught up in the hype that's oh, that's no. my main concern and if, the fact that you, my you, you, the movie isn't really thrilling me but i i'm i'm separating the movie from well, from the why why do people not like michael Sarah? because i, I just it's not that i don't like michael Sarah. it's just that i don't i don't see the point of Seeing another movie where Michael Sarah is Michael Sarah. <laughs> Michael Sarah, right? Yeah, thank you. It's like, grow, dude. Great. This, I mean, this is awesome that you're in a movie that's pretty much made for you. But yeah, I did. I, I mean, I didn't know Scott Pilgrim was the little... star. You know, but apparently he was. <laughs> well, I, see, I don't get that though. Do you? You don't like Elvis movies? Elvis is the same no, character not at in every all. movie. No, 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 really? Elvis. Sorry. Elvis no, but I'm not, just saying Elvis, Elvis, world Elvis made movies because he was so famous he could get away with it. He was not not a good actor, nor were those movies. Did you movies. see any Frank Sinatra well, but movies? That, that's what I mean. Again, Frank Sinatra, he plays the same character in all the movies. Yeah, but he's also Frank Sinatra. Yeah, again, well, he's he's awesome. Frank, Frank Sinatra. Has, Frank Sinatra and so Elvis were pop culture well, music. I, I just say, right, yeah, you mentioned they made their mark on other things. Michael Sarah. No, 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 no. Don't. No, I'm not not I'm not concerned with who they are. I'm just saying that whenever Elvis walked onto the movie set, he was Elvis. Well, Michael Sarah is Michael Sarah, but let's make a movie about Elvis in Hawaii or about Elvis in. But Elvis is singing in his movies. Elvis is doing Elvis. It was over this unbelievably famous and singer, and we'll put him in anything, and it will sell. Michael Sarah is an actor. He's he's meant to portray different roles. As he's meant to. I look at him now and see. Oh yeah, I've seen that dude. Oh look, he's playing that. Oh look, he's playing the same guy again. I know. I, I mean, dude played a dude who isn't that other dude. If you had asked me, having never read Scott Pilgrim, Jeez, what you guys are fucking most tough. Like I, so are, I, would say, I would say Sarah because he's that guy. He's he's basically he's he's acted well, his entire. I mean, he's that. Doesn't guy. that say something about about his? Uh, oh, what do you pers- say? His presence. I mean, you know what him presence? as that guy now. Presence. I think he, the guy. I think I don't think. No, I don't think he's the he's the be all and have any balls. And who's in the movie? Jason Wood? No. Michael Sarah is in the movie. That's what I'm saying. Well, I wouldn't I actually have balls in a in a in a in a bigger oh. than a three inch cock, so I wouldn't be a good Scott Pilgrim. I mean I'm not trying to be, but uh you're, you're bigger like, than three inches. He fits really? the part, right? I mean he's, he fits the oh, part. Oh man, yeah. you're killing me. Don't don't be so judgmental, man. It's just entertainment. You, said you brought it up. You put I know I brought it up, but I don't understand why you hate on Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah I, I think Michael Sarah is probably going to be a perfect Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Because Scott Pilgrim is sort of the superhero epitome of that guy. 
Right, and, then, and then his next movie, people are going to think is a Scott Pilgrim sequel, and he's probably playing, <laughs> right. supposed to be some like super spy. Oh man, it's like per- it's you, you like, take it personally. You like, take entertainment like, personally. That's wrong. That's just no, it's weird. Like, it's too. like it's like in Superbad, he was at the mall. Money, seriously, it's like what? it's in, it. It's like he was at the mall in Superbad after the big party, and he, <laughs> the girl, and he and went to Alaska. His, <laughs> and on his way home, he got hit by a meteor and imbued with superpowers. And then decided, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to reinvent my life and move to Seattle and be a, and hang out with with the dude and, and sleep in his bed. And then, well, that's and right then after he knocked up his best friend. And, exactly. And hung with, and hung so, with Jason Bateman. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah. I think he's great, but yeah. whatever. Uh, to, to wrap it all up, it's just mm-hmm. a, a wonderful mix of, of great dialogue. I mean... Chris, you read the first volume, uh, that the part where oh, it's knives... very good. It's very good at what it does. No, but it's just the the dialogue where when when somebody's riffing on Envy Adams's band and Knives said, you know, her music sucks, and then she goes, no, it doesn't. Like under her breath, that's just yeah. great. I mean, yeah. so it's, you got it's, your characters, your dialogue, your your it art. Is. It's just so good. It's so it's a complete so package. Yep. Yeah, it, it had a hell of an impact on me. But let's move on before people Aww. start crying. I want them to cry about you talking about stuff you like. Yeah, Let them cry, and then they can. You know what? They can email me, and they can ask for a refund. <laughs> hey, stop it. Be nice. Hi guys, uh, just wanted to kind of share a nice internet comic book community story. Um, uh, last week, my um, good friend Alec Berry um, did uh, an episode of Teenage Wasteland, um, episode seventy-three, and in that, I knew that um, he and <clears throat> Jeff. Uh, Sanquist, uh, they reviewed Random Acts of Violence, and uh, it just so happened that I'd picked up the book at last after it, uh, we, I ordered the book um, here in the UK, and because of all the, the volcano crap going on, it was delayed, and, and I sort of kept posting on Twitter and you know, to, to Palmiati, I will read your book eventually, <laughs> but it's stuck in a volcano somewhere, and eventually it arrived, and, and he's, always, he's always so great, you know, if, you, if you're not a dick, you know, these creators you know, won't treat you as such. So he was always, oh, you know, let me know what you think of it. Um, and he even went so far as to say, you know, thank you, please, thank, you know, your local comic shop um, for, for ordering it. So I finally get it. Um, I speak to Dan at, at, at the store, and he said, look, it's a really good seller for us. We, we, we ordered, you know, a good amount of those, and it's, it's a really good seller. Um, so I sort of jump on Twitter and just say, look, just read the book, really like it, um, and... Uh, the guys at the store, you know, by all accounts, it's selling well. So, you know, congratulations. And he he pipes up and says, um, can you, uh, you know, thank them personally? What's the name of the shop? So I, you know, send him the Twitter link. And he shoots them over a tweet to say, thank you for supporting the book. Many thanks. Which is, you know, which is really cool. So Teenage Wasteland episode 73 comes out. And I know that they've just reviewed the book. And uh, so I just think, you know what, I'll just shoot pound me out the, the review so i copy and paste the link for the podcast send it over to him on twitter and um subsequently he listens to the show loves the show um thank god they said nice things about the book imagine <laughs> um and uh, he posts it up on his twitter feed and says thanks very much and and points everyone in the direction of, of teenage wasteland now for 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 us guys where comic book collecting and reading is a hobby uh, and it's what we love, and these kind of and, the, and creators are are gods, but they're accessible gods. Um, something like that is going to make your day. You know, Alec must have turned uh, turned on Twitter and, and gone back, and that that must, that would have just that, that just blew my mind. You know, and 
that's what's so awesome about the whole community and, and the internet thing. With a couple of clicks of Mr. Palmiati's fingers, um, he just made somebody's day. And uh, by the same you know, uh, token, the fact that Alec and Jeff spent the time to review the book and put it out there for everyone to, to hear made Jimmy's day. Um, and it, I, just, I, I just think that's great. You know, um, I just thought that was a, a nice little story. He must have turned on his computer and just thought, wow, something I did. Um, the creator of this thing that I've just talked about liked what I did uh, with it and told everyone about it. So I just thought that was kind of cool. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, so check it out. Um, uh, TeenageWasteland.blogspot.com, um, episode 73, if you will. Bye. We're all Do you have any other news for the week? It seemed like there was something else that happened. Oh, the Vin- ah, it's um, yeah. I want to talk about the Vince Coletta letter? Oh, do oh, we have I to know. give this man airtime? Seriously, so well, go ahead if you want to talk about. Oh, it. I just I, I I love referring to it as the the Haley's Comet of of the comics world because about every about every four or five years the Vince Coletta letter you know circulates again and and people get to read it it's uh just google it out there i don't i don't know if we we don't need to or talk follow, go go find no you uh, could if you want I'm not, far be it for <laughs> me like to stop you from talking about anything i mean that you talk about it you have something to say you say it my man no i just i i, I it, it's it's the one thing about vince coletta that I like because I know what a hack of an anchor he was. I mean, he's he never missed the deadline, being. but he was yeah. he was a, he was a hack of an anchor. But say what you will about the man, he was was friends with Shooter, and whenever Jim Shooter got fired, part of it was that well they stopped giving Coletta work because I think they gave work to Coletta because because of Shooter. So when Shooter got fired, Coletta didn't have much yeah. to lose. Yeah, but why. he wrote a scathing, scathing letter that was directed towards all of the remaining editorial at Marvel. And it was a no-holds-barred um, letter basically calling them all gutless dogs. And, and I'd, it is, I'd like I'd, to I'd think, think that... Pr- prickless Faggots was prickless one of the faggots. Yeah. I'd, I'd like That's, to think that... that that Gold spelling thing. errors were because he was so fueled with anger, but I think it was just because he couldn't do a fucking thing right. The 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 thing, <laughs> I it's it's funny that like he's gonna think that he he wasn't getting work because he's friends with Shooter, but no, it's not because of the work you do. They can't have anything to do with that. It, it's because of who you were friends with, and I'm, and I know the comics industry can be like that. You know, you have to be. But then again, I look at people, and I'm not. I'm not. Uh, this is basically just kind of make a point. I'm not going to claim what they've done, but people like John Byrne, they're still going to be able to get work. People like JMS, people like Jeff Loeb. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've said about somebody. In comics, if for the betterment of the business, if if you can if you're generate good, you're sales, get right? Yeah. It doesn't even have to be if you're good. If if you can, if you can if, sell products, exactly. So you know, it doesn't if if you can move books if you can move numbers then then you're gonna have a job and so you know you have you have these i i just i find it hard to believe that i help milgram still got work he got fired but he 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 then ended up getting work later on so he's good good, though he's you know what 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 i love about that letter more than anything is that it's i I would imagine that for a lot of us, there's that secret desire that if we ever did get canned from a job, that one of our one of our colleagues would write a letter like that. 
it's... I, 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 I understand, understand that way. Oh, you're all broke up. Hmm? Cool. Cool. He said, hmm? <laughs> Something about Coletta being an asshat. So I you, did, yeah, that's the asshat. <laughs> Vince is going to have trouble was it an setting an 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 for Kirby and, and all of the erased backgrounds. <laughs> but, How did you fuck dude, I bet, I bet Coletta, Coletta and Stephen Platt would have been mortal enemies. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's true. That would have been the best issue of, since since uh, the, the Snowbird Alpha Flight issue. There'd be like this over rendered left side, and then it'd be blank right side, with just a razor mark. I am so glad. I said this on Twitter. I am just so glad that to to um, to repay Coletta for his kindness that that Coletta died before Shooter was able to get Valiant. Get him a job at Valiant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Well, you did make me laugh, David. Oh, I'm glad. Thank you. See. <laughs> I did chuckle. Well, somebody noticed. I but chuckled. no, it's it's. I noticed. Well, thank you. You're all clear now. <laughs> and I, and I think you say that. What were you going to say about? I I said I understand Chris's way of thinking that it would be really cool for someone to back you up. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But what does it mean when the person that has your back is an asshat? I mean, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't there's no value. There's no worth. It's hey, call, call him an asshat. How much work did Vince Coletta do in the industry? And. Well, I, I don't get that way of thinking. Just because he did a whole mess of work, and right. mess, mess is the operative term there. But here we are. Here we are in 2010, talking about Vince Coletta. The guy is a great guy, but, it, but it's his he's it's, a historical part of the industry, right? For for awesome. it, but it's an infamy. You're, right, no one famous. ever. Yeah, yeah, it's like Hitler. No one That's ever mentions Hitler. Like, yeah, he was not right guy. Ever right, but he's. But yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think I think Coletta is the the Mussolini of of comics. He, you know, if you want to you talk know. about you know making the the trains run on time that's i think that's a lot of why Coletta got so much work is that i don't know if the dude ever missed a deadline I also well, it's easy to it's, it's easy well, to use the race deadlines when you miss work <laughs> yeah yeah it's like if he couldn't ink it he'd fucking erase it you know but that's a crime look, that that look, is that's like look that, on that, time, that's, that's that. murder that is murder that it's that's i don't even american comic work I don't want to talk Welcome about to American it. Comic Books. You erase Kirby, you you might as well just cease to exist. You put your Paul Smith and Kerry Gamble. Jesus Christ. I know. I'm saying. <laughs> oh, David, you said you read uh, the end of Fall of the Hulk. I or? did. I did. Oh, and, and, and when I read, when I got to that last page, I had to go back and read, was it Gamma? Gamma, Ramita Jr. penciled Gamma, right? Because Alpha mm-hmm. was, the, yeah, Gamma. I had to go back and reread Gamma. Because I could have sworn what I saw at the beginning or, or, or during that, when I, when I read Gamma, it made me think, wait, how could this be at the end of uh, Hulk 22? And, and, and then it dawned on me what was going on in Gamma, and I was like, oh, son of a bitch. So Now, did you I, read um, Hulk 23? No, I didn't read. I, oh, the last okay. issues I read were Incredible with the reveal in Incredible, which I think was, what, 608? And that whichever one, right. would, it, it was it was either six oh eight or six oh nine, and and Hulk twenty two. Those are the last. Wait, no, that's <laughs> two. And oh, there they all go. Yay! Nice. yay. Uh, I want to say maybe it was six oh eight. Okay, well, Hulk twenty three lays it all out. Yes, it, it, it's it's the the idiot's guide to how that person 
and you know we really don't have to spoil it how that no. person became the red hulk i mean yeah. it's a year by year step by step uh even the other person that became the red she hulk it tells how that came to be in in much detail e- even captain america figures into it i mean which they, captain america steve wow yeah so it's pretty cool pretty neat 609 that was the so what do you think of follow the hulks overall like it not you know uh the two main books i thought were great i enjoyed the minis i enjoyed red hulk and and savage she hulks but they were not integral to the overall so it, it gave you some backstory but as far as it's not like uh if you read savage she hulks you would have understood what was going on between okay yeah. incredible hulk 608 and 609 i mean they they, they were great Stories and and Salva Espinar, he draws very pretty oh. women, and uh, and and the Red Hulk mini was was pretty good. It didn't give you a whole lot of backstory on Red Hulk. He mm-hmm. a lot of it was basically just um, them telling you what has gone on, kind of filling, you know, just just yeah, telling you things that were going on between panels. But 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 to follow follow the Hulks and get into World War Hulks, you didn't need the minis. I felt I still haven't right. read. Hulked out heroes, so I'm going right from um, Fall of the Hulks into World War Hulks. Yeah, Hulked out heroes is great, and I think it's a July month thing where they're going to have it's it's going to be weekly, where the the World War Hulks issues, uh, Spider Man versus Thor, Wolverine versus Captain America, Spider Man versus Thor number two, and Wolverine versus Captain America number two. That's all in July, so it's going to ship weekly. And, wow. and and that's what you see in world what what you didn't see in World War Hulks like when they were on the Hell Carrier right and, and all the heroes got hulked out well from that point to the end of World War Hulks there was shit going down but you didn't see it that's right. that's what's going to be in those issues and that's cool that it's not going to bog down the main series if yeah, you, you want to read it okay, here it is right yeah. you know if you want to see the fights here they are I'm sure I'm hoping. That they'll explain why they're not hulked out anymore or something in the main book, so you can just get caught up real quick. But uh, I even like the the uh, the editor's notes at the end of, of each page. It pretty much yeah. told you what was going on in the other book, so you can kind of get caught up that way. It was it was the way it was laid out. The the whole um, it, and it was when you got to the end of Hulk twenty one and Incredible six oh eight. The story wasn't over, but there was the end of Fall of the Hulks. So now the next month is World War Hulks, but the story's still going on, and it it, it kind of it it had an old school feel. All the art was great, even though um, Diamato was coloring Pelletier and and uh, oh. and, and Mickey's art on on Incredible Hulk. It wasn't as dark as he normally is, but it's um, it it wasn't the bright, colorful. Peltier that I'm used to seeing, and, and the McGinnis art, and, and the, the pencils in, in the Hulk book, where it's it's a really nice looking. If I don't, I haven't looked for any collections yet, so I don't know how they're packaging this, but it 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 will look really nice all collected. Yeah. While we're on the subject, I got that free Curse of the Mutants saga thing today at the at the mm-hmm. shop. There's a double page spread that says, "We are the X Men." X-Men editor Nick Lowe introduces us to all the major players. And there's one that is not sitting right with me. Oh? It's not Blade or Nate Gray or Vampire Jubilee or Gambit or Elektra. Savage She-Hulk. What the ha- what the Yeah, what the hell do they have a Hulk character in the X-Books for? She's a mutant. I know, but... Is she? 
Yeah. Usually, you yeah. know, at this point, like no, no, Marvel, she's, if, she's if, the she's the spawn of of Thunder and Hulk. She's she's a mutant. Oh, because if Marvel can demutant a character right now, they will. <laughs> well, I no, think... no, seriously, because because of the whole um, Fox movie rights thing, it's like you know, Deadpool. They 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 made it very very clear that he's not a mutant. <laughs> well, to be fair, that's not new, but yeah, yeah. Well, but, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. But yeah. this this thing is an incredible value for free. Uh, if you're in the shop, no, really. If you're in the shop, pick it up. There's there's new pages in this thing, and character bios, and reading orders, and and uh, just poured my hand for a dollar. Just uh, <laughs> for rip, one rip. Single page uh, investigations into the various players that are in this thing. It, it's yeah. really well done. You just grab it. It's free. I mean, what do you got to lose? Like a rabbit. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm I'm not. I don't relish the fact that there's going to be a Hulk in the next book. It ain't happening. If you don't read it, it didn't happen, dude. I know, but see, there's always that 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 attraction. There's a Hulk character in the X books. I mean, you know what? Me and the Hulks. Come on. And it's the first number one X book in twenty years. That's a long time. Which is pretty shocking in today's day and age of reading number one. Yeah, <laughs> that makes me feel older than Scott. Bruno. Right. It's it's the first X book since Jim Lee drew the Jack for the first time. Yes. <laughs> or if you go by the splitting image, his name is not Jim Lee. It's uh -oh. it's Lotus G. Oh, I gotta say damn. something. Though. <laughs> I gotta say something. What? Real talk though. You talk about moments of your collecting history that meant something. I can still remember the giddiness uh, and anticipation for not just X Men number one, but every freaking cover version of X Men. Oh number sure. One. Oh yeah. All five. Sure, oh I my have. god. Yeah. And I, ne I mean, talk. About, I had no qualms about buying that book many times over, despite the fact that the only thing different was the cover. <laughs> I was like, "That's cool." And you were getting each cover twice because you got the four, and then you had the gatefold. Yep, the double. Gatefold. And dude, I'm telling you, I mean, it, it's I have it's fond memories. I mean, yeah. And looking back, you say, "Oh, that was part of the whole." And yeah, I guess it was. It also sort of fueled that whole speculator boom, which led to the bust. But, but it's what you at the time, like. I was I was never more excited. I was so oh, sure. unbelievably excited to have a new team with Jim Lee. I mean, I was giddy for that book. Giddy for it. Yeah, <laughs> David, uh, Jim, uh, not Jim Valentino. Um, they call Larson. No, they're they're talking about uh, uh, Jim Lee and how how he pencils his pages. He doesn't pencil his pages. He's talking to Wilt Pistachio, <laughs> and uh, he you must be joking. Lotus G only uses state of the art computerized robotics to manufacture his comic book pages for him. Nice. Uh, he punches in a variation of mutant team into the computer, and it just pencils it for him. So there you go, Wilt Pistachio. That's gold. That is gold right there. That is. That is. Wow. All right. I it's think back we're to done. drawing X-Men books now. Yes, for better or worse. Wow. Uh, I think we're done, ladies well, and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Unless right Jason. Before we wrap up, though, yeah. I just want to give a quick shout-out. Do it. Um, I was not on the show last week because I had to go up to Bean Town for business, and uh, business. it was actually 95% uh, serious business that uh, didn't really leave a lot of room for much enjoyment, but uh, I would have much yeah, rather been on the show. Uh, no, but... But I was driving the um, one of the nights I was able to, after my business was done, uh, meet up with a friend, and we were driving to a bar to meet his fiance. And as we're driving past, he's into comics too, um, and he said, but in a more passive way. And as he's driving past, he says, "Oh, there's where I go and get comics when I go." I said, "Oh, what's that place called?" He said, "Comicopia." Oh, that's a nice like, shop. What? I'm like, <laughs> it's a nice store. 
Really? I'm like, dude, that's the I'm like that's about the only store in Boston I'm familiar with by name because of our my friend uh, Freaky Tiki goes there and he always raves about it. And I said, and uh, actually, my buddies and I stayed with the owner um, at the New York Comic Con. So he was like, oh, well, we have a little bit of time. Let's go in there. So uh, so he turned around and we rolled back in and I, I rolled up into Comicopia. And uh, I saw Matt, which uh, Vincent remembers we stayed with in, at New York Comic Con. Yeah. And uh, I saw um, Angela, one of the, the sisters, the... Um, the uh, the sisters that uh, the outlaw sisters that run the store and uh, it's a great it's a great shop man it's 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 much as Tim describes it's it's um it's a pretty small shop you know so it's 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 pretty typical in that regard but it's from floor to ceiling packed with books mm-hmm. and uh, it's very very indie friendly and pretty much anything I could think of be it mainstream or indie that I could just pop into my mind and look for they had at least one copy of. I mean, they had an unbelievable selection of pretty much, it seemed like one, at least one volume of anything you could want from the, you know, most obscure out-of-print stuff to, you know, the stuff like Red Hulk, you know, just mainstream. They um, have uh, Power Masters? I didn't look for it, oh. but I'm sh- I would be shocked if they didn't. Hmm. Um, but it was a really great store, um, and uh, it was it was... You know, I just uh, they they they, uh, they remembered meeting me, and and of course they they know Tiki quite well, so we he talked a little bit about that. Um, you know, I bought some uh, actually bought the next three volumes of Pluto I didn't have. I bought the next three volumes of 20th Century Boys I didn't have, just to uh, throw a little love to the store, a little support of them. But uh, yeah, so I figured that would make Tiki happy. So see that Tiki, I'm supporting the LCSs, buddy. Look, even at, not even your own state, you're supporting exactly. That's, That's right, and not even with it, no discount, no discount, full cover price. It's the first time I spent full cover price on a trade in probably uh, five years. Uh, <laughs> what uh, Plutos did you buy? Up to what number? Um, four, five, and four, five, six. Oh, nice. We got to get reading on those. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Neat. This episode of 11 o'clock, Eleven o'clock, Eleven o'clock Comics has been sponsored. It's the beer by Discount Comic Book Service, <laughs> DCBService.com. Come on over and look at those huge discounts. You can get 35 to 75% off your favorite comics and collectibles. Excellent staff, nice people, really low shipping. One flat rate shipping will get you a whole big Wumba box. They have to be losing money on that. Check them out, dcbservice.com. In your travels, wow, you need to pick up the Erie Archives. You need to. I mean, if you're a comic fan, you got to get this because Mm -hmm. in Volume 3, there's an Alex Toth story. Oh, good. Just buy it. I mean, listen to the, the, the laundry list of creators in this thing. Neil Adams, Johnny Craig, Gene Cohen, Jerry Grandinetti, Jeff Jones, Joe Orlando, Tom Sutton, Wally Wood, Dan Atkins, uh, Al Williamson, Angelo Torres, Alex Toth, Pat Boyette, Gray Morrow, oh, written, writers, Archie Goodwin, Russ Jones, Johnny Craig, John Benson, Otto Binder. Get this book. Eerie Archives. They're so good. They're well worth the 50 bucks. They're expensive, but hey, if you have a Borders coupon... It's only going to cost you thirty-five. Ooh. Eerie archives. Well, you, you, sh- you should have them all on your shelf, and the, it's worth it for the Alex Toth story alone. From Eerie number, I think it was twelve. Eerie number fourteen. There's an Alex Toth story in there. You need to see it. It's it's brilliant. Uh, Alex Toth was always brilliant, but this is one of those. Oh my God! What a talent! What a talent Alex Toth was. Get it? That's my thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um. Read Irredeemable. Okay. Because it is good. From Boom. I just, fin- I just finished the second trade, moving on to the third one. And uh, 
yeah, it's it's good. There's been a rash of um, Superman is a bad guy books of late in the in the in the indie comics, but Irredeemable and and the Mighty did a real nice job of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm definitely excited for the uh, Mark Wade versus JMS uh, uh, celebrity uh, project. <laughs> really? uh, what cage match? I think Wade's yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was pretty. I don't know that either is really our man of steel, but I'm pumped. <laughs> well, see, yeah. Well, if, if there's a, walk, a lot of walking going on, the I'd say in your travels, read uh, the Eisner Miller book. Oh, you I, have I, that? Oh, oh, I have that. I love it. I love it. It's great. And then watch the spirit. Mm. No. 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 <laughs> no. Nice. Well, and uh, and last but not least, if you are curious as to whether or not Brian Wood can write a really compelling comic, yes, in fact, he can. It's called DMZ. Oh, you're getting that. <laughs> oh, I love DMZ. The Eighth well, Trade just uh, just came out. How about DV8? Have you sampled that? Isn't Brian Wood writing that? Yeah, he's writing. What is it? Uh, Gods Like Us or something like that? Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I was not a huge DV8 fan back when it was coming out originally, so I didn't That's pick up this one. Issues. Wow. So there you go. But D but DMZ is quite uh, quite yeah, good. Yeah, it's always good. And Ricardo Berchielli Ber- Ber- is crazy good. I love his art. He doesn't get enough credit. That guy. No, he really doesn't. Yeah. I mean, he's only. I think I don't know if what he did before this, but he's he's been uh, he's had a few fill in issues here and there, but he's been. A mainstay now for eight trades worth of this book, so it's it's definitely he's putting a stamp on it. And it's yeah, quite sure. quite good. Yeah. All right. So hey, join us next week. We'll be back. Like like it or not, I think and so. uh, mm-hmm. go have fun. Go buy some. Learn comics. to love it, baby. That's right. Say bye bye. Bye bye.